Welcome to Savvy Saps Podcast on Call-In. This is episode 32. Jimmy Dore and Nina Turner, where do we go from here? Nina Turner has accused Jimmy Dore of being anti-Black. The left is more divided than ever. Where does the left go from here? And I see we already got people lined up in the queue here. Yeah, I just have to tell you guys, I'm just... I don't know. It was something about this exchange yesterday that it just really made me feel really sad. And I just can't believe that we've actually gotten to this point. And I just, I don't know like how we move forward with this type of dialogue. So I'm going to go ahead and take the first caller. And that is Sebastian. You are on the mic. Just have to hit unmute. I can hear you. Welcome. So again, I think it's important to realize that I am not a black woman. I am a black, well, I am a black queer individual and I can't really under, well, I can't really like be issues of, of a black woman. I'm going to speak from my position as a black female person. Personally, like for my story, like the whole Jimmy Dore and he is Current situation reminds me a lot when I first entered college, right? And the first club that I entered was like a labor coalition. And I thought that like, oh, being a labor coalition means like I be educated on my rights as a student worker, as well as like being involved in student advocacy for campus workers, right? But in reality, it was just simply more than just a bunch of middle-class, predominantly white kids that treat socialism and communism as an aesthetic instead of an actual ideology. And I don't really care about like whether you're a communist or a socialist or whatever you are. I just like, what are the substantive issues that is primarily focused on? But instead it's just primarily a bunch of infighting and a bunch of like culture war issues that just simply distract people from the main issue. And that's the problem that I see a lot in the left because People tend to romanticize or like, or praise leftists in Latin America, right? And the reason why leftists gain power in Latin America isn't because they fought with, against each other, but they actually organize and use grassroots organizations and whatnot to get into power. And the whole Jimmy Dore thing, it, Jimmy Dore thing and whatever, it just kind of makes me annoyed as to why I just don't really identify myself as a leftist because of situations like this. It makes me pretty angry, actually. And like there's so many issues that's going on, especially within like housing and healthcare. Like there's little tension, there's little actual things when it comes to like actually organizing people from strikes to mutual aid and direct action, but instead just more culture, well, more like culture issues. Like, like I remember, like, I think you mentioned this in your show, the difference between the Bernie in 2016, which is Bernie in 2020. Like Bernie in 2016 won state like Michigan because he called out the Democratic establishment for their disastrous fair trade policies and called out the banks and focused entirely on economic issues. We're also Bernie 2020 focused on, oh, we shouldn't even fight against Bernie, we need to fight against Donald Trump, he's racist and all that. And I'm just like, it doesn't like, 
sure Donald Trump is racist or whatever, but at the end of the day, there's still an entire economic system that disenfranchises people. So that what gets me pretty annoyed, honestly. I emphasize and I emphasize Nina Turner, right? But at the same time, though, I feel as though identity politics is oftentimes used to shield against criticism. Look what was going on with the whole White House press secretary or whatever the title is, right? They hired Karine Jean-Pierre and somehow supposed to be a win for Black queer people, but in reality, she's nothing more than a puppet to propagandize to people about the Joe Biden administration, even though Joe Biden, even though Joe Biden and his entire administration is still beholden into Wall Street. So, and this last one, the final point, I thought the whole FBI thing, and especially, sorry, especially with Nina Turner saying we shouldn't, we shouldn't reach out to people like, we shouldn't reach out to Marjorie Taylor Greene. Sorry, not sorry, but this may seem to be an unpopular opinion, but Marjorie Taylor Greene, is more of an oppositional force to the establishment within the Republican Party than AOC and and the Democratic Party. You know what I mean? Because like right. Taylor, because like Marjorie Taylor Greene, like I don't agree with her hundred percent, but she focused on the baby formula shortage. She focused on like. Julian Assange, I don't hear anything from that from ALC in the squad. Right. Uh, and thank you so much for calling in, Sebastian. Um, I think, you know, in reference to what you said about identity politics, I want to be clear here to everyone. This is not to say that these issues do not exist. This is not to say that Black people don't have to deal with different things that 100%. white people may not have to deal with. Right. I'm just saying that for 100%. the audience. But I think, you know, I think it really hit me why I felt so sad is because I felt like it was being used, number one, incorrectly about a situation that didn't have anything to do with race. And then also I felt like it was being weaponized in a way. And it just it made me feel dirty. And I I just I have to say, like, I've had criticism for Nina Turner about things that she said in the past in reference to when she was campaigning. But that was in reference to her campaign. But I just think that I never thought I would see her do that. And when I saw that, that made me feel like it made me feel like I was listening to a, a liberal. Like, that's that's like, what it made me feel like. Like, for me, like, white supremacy exists, like, irrespective of ideology, white supremacy exists in every corner of society. And... Like for Nina Turner to go to flow in that, I'm not surprised really. Nina Turner is within the Democratic Party for how many years? So I'm not surprised. The only thing I get annoyed, especially as a Black person within leftist circles, is the fact that like there is no actual emphasis on tackling white supremacy. And people oftentimes forget that capitalism is white supremacy. Like capitalism is white supremacist. So. Thank you so much for that, Sebastian. I, I see we got a, a lot of callers here, so I'm going to go ahead to the next Thank caller. You. Thank you so much for calling in. Yeah, I really wanted people to understand that I have friends on all different sides. I have friends that are conservatives, uh, liberals, 
leftists, libertarians. I have friends that are not political at all, that don't really give a crap about politics. They'll watch me, but they still don't care about politics. And I have learned over the years how to work with different groups of people. And I just have to tell you that out of all the groups that I think from just from hearing from people that I know that they feel is the most problematic, you know which group they point to? They point to the left. And you know why? Not because of the policies, not because of the issues that we're for, like Medicare for all and things like that. It's because they feel like we're a fucking hot mess. They see this type of exchange that we just saw with uh, Jimmy Dore and Nina Turner. And they're like, what the hell is this? I feel like to be a part of the left, I have to be like a left purist. I have to do all these things. And if I don't, then I'm not left enough and I don't count and I can't be a part of this, this group. And I think sometimes it's good to take a step back and just reflect on ourselves as a whole and see like, is there some some truth to that. Is it possible that we may come across sometimes to other people as condescending, sometimes as purists and, and the fighting and, and back and forth and it's on public display. It's on Twitter. I mean, Jimmy Dore was tw- uh, trending after this. I don't know if people were aware on Twitter, but I just feel like that is what I hear from other people who are not a part of the left And they agree with us again on the issues, but they do not want to call themselves a leftist and they do not want to come over to this space because they feel like they will constantly be judged and they don't like all this infighting that happens publicly. You don't see this happen with people on the right. So yes, to me, like seeing this yesterday, it made me feel really sad. And I I never felt that way before about people like having spats, like leftist podcasters or politicians, whatever, having spats with each other. But seeing seeing that now we're calling people who were actually allies, now we're calling them racist because they criticized us, but we're not giving any evidence to support that claim. I felt like that was a low blow. And I feel like I'm embarrassed by the left at this point. I'm going to go ahead and bring in uh, Roger Meadows. You are now the next caller. You just have to hit unmute, Roger. Hey, Fabi. Is there Hi, anything... Roger. Hey, is there anything going on in the world today that I should know about? <laughs> Will you vote for me now, Savvy? Seeing all this stuff happening on the left. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so this is just off of the top of the head. No, no reading. Um well, this goes back to, you know, what um, you know, like what we need to think about in terms of um not getting too much involved. I know you were pretty much like coerced to, into covering it, but um, but all of us should not get too emotionally involved in these big personalities and just stay low, keep firing. And, and I, know, I know I'm gonna sound like a broken record, but you already know what I'm gonna say. And focus on getting these policies passed, be it at federal level, which is probably not going to happen, state level, and local level. 
ballot initiatives, ballot initiatives, ballot initiatives. So just like how you said about how um, people agree with the policies, but they don't want to fuck with us because we're like, you know, Looney Tunes and crazy and you know, whatever the case is, is going on or whatever the case is. That, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that right there is the perfect environment to get them on board for uh, to canvas for uh, petitions to get initiatives on the ballot. You know, that just cuts right through it. You know, yes, I know I'm a broken record. Y'all. I know I keep saying it, but that right there is putting boots to the ground in a good way. Okay, putting boots to the ground and saying, hey, yo, look, let's go get these uh, uh, ballot initiatives put on, on, on the ballot. Let's get, you agree with me on this? You agree with me on that? Okay, all right, whatever. Let's pair off in, in the teams and let's get Medicare for all on the ballot. Let's get uh, competitive public financing of elections on the ballot. Let's get public banking on the ballot. Let's get on the ballot um, a minimum wage that is pegged tied to local rent rates on the ballot. You know, let's get all of this stuff on the ballot. Okay, that, I mean, that right there just cuts right through it. I, it didn't really, um, I mean, I'm sorry that, that this whole thing affected you the way it did, but it just didn't affect me. To be honest with you, I didn't even know this was going on until you talked about it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Because I'm just focusing on figuring out, doing my research, trying to come up with answers, what we can do, get done on state level. Let, we should be the ones making the news when we get these initiatives passed. Oh. Yes, that's the problem, Roger. That's exactly how how I feel. That's why I'm, I'm partially why I'm flustered because you know what I would like to see trending on Twitter? I would have liked to see trending the March for Medicare for All. Same thing last year. We had marches in over 50 cities in this country. I want to see those things trending. I don't want to see people yes. arguing with each other and calling each other names that's the reason why something's trending on Twitter and the people who are doing the work on the ground. Like I want to see people being evicted. I want to see that trending on Twitter. So more people know about these situations that are going on. And it's like, there's so it's, it's just, I'm pretty sure you don't want to see people being evicted, but I know what you mean. No, but, but I mean, the, the, no, yeah. not people, but the fact that people are still be, being evicted in mass, by the way, from affordable housing communities, why isn't that trending on Twitter? And I think that's what upsets me. And I feel like it just, I did not, that's why I said I did not want to, I was not going to talk about this tonight. I really yeah. wasn't. You got coerced. <laughs> yeah, everybody's like, you're a black woman. How do you feel about this? And I'm like, damn it, the hell. <laughs> Well, the way I look at it is like this. I look over there and see what's going on at the other end of the, the table. Picture all of us sitting at a, one of those big, long tables at like a restaurant or something like that, or, you know, whatever the case is. And people like us in this space are looking down at the other end of the table and seeing the Looney Tune factory going on and going, oh, okay, that's nice. Okay, back to business. Let's let's get this done. Keep you know, stay low. Get get you know, because yeah, the I'm I'm just not really convinced that anything's gonna happen on the on the national level. So, like I said, what I always say: rooks, bishops, knights, pawns. You know what I mean? Focus on that, not the queen, which is the federal government. Focus on the rooks, which is the ballot initiatives and the veto referendums that we could get done where we are. 
focus on the bishops, which is state government, you know, governors and state lawmakers. Focus on the knights, which is your like mutual aid and trying, you know, different organizations, the, uh, getting affordable housing and all different types of good stuff like that. Focus on the pawns, which is municipal. Also, um, three organizations that you should know about, and I'm pretty sure I told said this before. The United States Federation of Worker Cooperatives, become a member if you can. Um, they're trying to, you know, build worker cooperatives throughout the country. That was that thing that I emailed you, and or I, I sent something about that Chips Act. Yeah. That, um, Jamal Bowman, um, su surprisingly, um, he allowed, even though Bernie could not get worker protection in the Chips Act, and and get um, uh, to 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 guarantee that the, uh, that the corporations again don't outsource manufacturing jobs to other countries in the CHIPS Act and couldn't get uh, them to get, you know, get an amendment in there that would stop them from trying to uh, uh, do union busting. What Bowman did get in there, uh, Congressman Bowman did get in there, is something that had to do with, um, he worked with the United States Federation of Worker Cooperatives to get some measures in the CHIPS Act so we, we can have worker cooperative manufacturing um, with like electronic devices and, and, and chips, semiconductors and things of that nature. I'm still following up on that. Um, I, I, I joined, they got something every Thursday where they talk about um, uh, um, some some uh, like a some type of conference or something like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to check that out. The other organization, uh, BISC Ballot Initiative Strategy Center. So they're trying to help people start and you know people with ballot initiatives in the states that have ballot initiatives. I'm trying to get um, Chris, what is her name, Melody Fields or Chris Melody or whatever the case is. She's the president of it. I meant to I meant to say to you, I wanted to try to see if I could get her on your show, but I got to get in contact with her first. Um, yeah, I'll, but, I'll figure it out, but I can contact them too. Okay, um, so, but, but definitely, uh, Nick, uh, Nick, I made you a speaker. Feel free to uh, chime in. <laughs> and oh, but one more thing. And the third thing, the Public Banking Institute. They're trying to get a public bank in, in every municipality and state in the country. All right. Well said, Roger. Thank you so much. Um, can you guys hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. Yeah, sorry. That. And on mute. Uh, I think you have to unmute, Nick. But uh, thanks so much, Roger. I'm going to bring in Colin, but Nick, go ahead at the same time. Damn, sorry. This app has been extremely buggy. It uh, is. Because I, I, I keep unmuting, they keep muting, and they keep doing it over and over again. But either way, um, hope you're doing well, Savvy. Um, I saw a little bit of your show. That's what I was saying earlier before my sound started messing up. Um, I got I got finished the old one, but um, uh, fire as uh, usual. <laughs> um, I I've I've been covering like like a lot of uh, foreign policy. I, I did um, FBI stream. I, I'm covering a lot of um, uh, he heavy stuff recently. And I talked about the same uh, topic on my on my call and show earlier, and then me and CJ we just 
uh, had a discussion on, on RBN, and I was like, this, this is um, this is a great opportunity to instill some revolutionary discipline and talk about um, like the, the issue itself. Um, but in, in like in terms of it gave me down, like a lot of like the drama been like pushed on by a lot of these uh, social media influencers. Uh, a lot of the Democratic Party operatives that are calling people racist because they disagree with them or whatever. Um, a lot of these people are just mad because there's a movement to get people out of the two-party duopoly. And and that's quite literally all it is. And they they are wanting to create drama, manufacture drama, and attack people who disagree with their thesis that we must support Democrats. Anyone who does not toe the Bernie line, anyone who's wanting to criticize Nina is their enemy. And I'm like beyond done thinking that like I don't even consider it really left infighting in my person. Like these people are they chose their side, the Democratic Party operatives. We need work. Like there's a real outside. Like the, the people who are serious, like the people who are labor organizing right now, the indigenous people who are protesting at Line Three. That the outside game is there. Uh, the outside that's the outside game. The inside game don't support. Which one one of the many criticisms that we have of Nina, right? And I don't give a lot of these people benefit doubt anymore. Like, either join the proletariat movement or you're not. Um, but that's my, that's my initial thought, because I, I can't join late, but I'll pass it back to you, Savvy. Thanks so much for that, Nick. That's I think you have a good idea. That's a better way of looking at it. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Colin. Hey, Savvy. Hey, Nick. How are you? Hey. Hey, Colin. Uh, if I could be there, Savvy, I would give you a big hug, because um, I definitely understand what you're saying and going through. And I think, and I said this on the super chat, but I think you took your break, but I basically said, you know, I think the situation with Nina bothered you because as a black woman, um, that that's your identity. And, and you know, like, and it, essentially Nina weaponized that, you know, for a personal gain. And I think because you were principled in that way, and I don't think you would, and I, we know you that you would never do something like that. That really, I think, kind of just kind of disgusted you. And I think just also, like, we've seen a lot of Black women in similar cases where at least Nina, in her case, she's going to have people who are going to cover for her. There's going to be plenty of Black women in similar cases that people are not going to necessarily help them. So I think for me, that's what I kind of related to is the idea, like, if this was a working class Black woman, who is making these claims, like we, that woman would not necessarily get the help, you know, that Nina is. But that being said, you know, I think, you know, what Roger said and what Nick said, you know, like, you know, bump Nina. I think she's basically chosen her side. You know, she's basically played the card of being a Democrat, which I don't understand because these are the same people who have rejected her from the party twice. These are the people who, you know, who like her, the squad were threatened, you know, to, in order not to uh, endorse her, you know, and she's still trying to roll with the party anyway. This is the same Nina that I think on Monday she tweeted out, you know, like how she tweeted out um, Mar-a-Lago and basically it's like, this is, um, the home of the leader of the party who pretended he's um, uh, uh, 
who is for the working class. And I sent a tweet back and I sent her a picture of Obama's Martha's Vineyard song and basically being like, same energy, basically. So, you know, I think Nina is basically trying to play within the democratic game, but also kind of in the line of trying being on the left. And we know like, and you said this, like um, sitting on the fence, what that does. And I, I think really at this point, we just need to consider her as a part of the problem, dust her off. You know, we appreciated what she may has, what she might have done within the Bernie movement, but that's over, that's past. Like we need to go on beyond that. We really need to focus now on organizing and we need to talk about on the left what that means and what that really entails because I think that's something that we've been told even from AOC, you know, and Bernie, oh, you need to organize from the outside, but they, we don't have any guidance right now as to what that is. And so I think our responsibility is, and I think this is something that on INN, that especially with Reef and Indy, I've talked about with them quite a bit. And I think that's kind of reflected in some of the news stories that we cover, you know, it's easy to kind of cover the hot topic stories in politics because, you know, obviously that gets a lot of traction, but, you know, but there's a lot of organizing on the ground that's happening, you know, that even us are not necessarily, and I'm not saying you guys on RBN because I know you do, but like, I think just generally, you know, within the larger channels on the left, are not necessarily talking about, you know? And I think people need to realize, and I said this uh, yesterday uh, when I was live, you know, working class has leverage right now. And I don't think we really realize that um, because right now we're not getting any money. We don't have any healthcare. And right now the situation is right for us, you know, to actually make a stand for something. But the problem is people are just so caught up with these dramas and like, but I think more realistically, people are just afraid and just worried about food and the livelihoods and all that, which is totally understandable. But at the same time, it's like we have to move away from the idea that politicians are going to do anything for us. And they're not going to give us the power at this point unless we take it from them. And that includes even the people on the left who cosplay as left, because those are usually... Um, the gatekeepers, and we need to take that power from them as well. So if that means, you know, talking more or organizing more and having them call us everything by a child of God, I just say, okay, well, fuck you all, because we're actually trying to do something and you're trying to relate to the drama, but we're trying to do something actively for the people and let them figure it out for themselves. But I think really at this point, it's just basically giving a whole fuck you and being like, all right, guys, the people who are serious, Let's start talking about what organization means, what that entails, what that what needs to happen, and start having those conversations uh, among people who are serious. Um, because if we don't, and we're just allowing people to just really think like, these politicians are gonna do something for us, then we're gonna be waiting forever. And we don't have forever to get the things that we need. That's well said, Colin. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, I just, it, you know, I think you're right. I think you have a point that, like, we need to just move past. Like, I, I just, it's, I think for me, you know, um, 
I, I mean, obviously, I think you guys realize this, but there aren't many black women like in this space. There just right. aren't. So anytime someone makes those kind of comments and it's a black woman making those comments, people come to me, they DM me, they email me like, what do you think about? Do you feel this way? Have you had that experience with Jimmy Dore? And no, I haven't. Right. I haven't experienced any of that with right. Jimmy Dore. I think that was Nina Turner. I think that if that's how she feels about him, I think that's something that she may have felt before that exchange. But you don't take that as an opportunity to, okay, let me go say he's anti-Black. Let me know how I really feel about him because that had nothing to do with the situation at hand. And then it like make people like me look kind of bad because then it puts me on the spot and people are like, well, do you feel the same way? What did, did you see what Nina Turner said? Like, no, I don't feel the same way. And I'll tell you right now, I'm going to get shit from some people for saying that I don't agree with her because yes. I'm a black woman. They're going to tell me like, oh, you you definitely should have agreed with Nina Turner as, as another black woman. No, we're not a monolith. Right. Yeah, no, you, already, you, already seen, you already seen people get, uh, well, uh, a few of the Nina Sigga fans, the politician Sigga fans, they got mad at me because that's, I had the same take. I like this shit is disgusting. That my that was my first reaction when I had pasta on. Well, I have a lot. I had a live reaction. I didn't do like pre prep on that. I just saw it and it pulled up and then uh, pasta had Jimmy on the show. And my first reaction went to him to her calling Jimmy anti black. Like, ew, that is gross. And that and there's white lefties that cheer that on because they're not black. They don't realize how disgusting it is for her to use her rhetoric to punch left. It, it's it's in and to show how crazy like Nina Turner would call Jimmy Dore anti-black, but she literally just wished Barack Obama a happy birthday. Right, still being friendly with Barack Obama, one of the most That's anti-black right. politicians. So right. it's, it's it's insulting, and that what a lot of people who are not black don't understand. It's insulting that she ain't that hypocritical right. about that. But anyway, go ahead, Colin. No, but um, Savvy, I agree with you, and I definitely understand you, but I think also to speak into that, too, like, because I know plenty of Black women on Twitter who hate Jimmy Dore to high heaven, but even many of them were saying, as much as we hate Jimmy Dore, what Nina said did was dead wrong, and we don't support that. So I think there are some that are kind of like, you know, like, they weren't with the bullshit of what Nina did, but, and I get it, like, because you're one of the few um, Black women in the space that I think people definitely want your opinion. And I think that's definitely valid. But I think one thing that you should do, and I think this is a way, I think especially in the space where we can back you up, is just being like, you know, like, just kind of say, okay, we don't agree with what Nina did. And you know what? Let's move on. Because ultimately this like talking about the personalities is something that the trolls in the space do and alt and or like the bigger channels do and ultimately that's not going to get us anywhere as far as policy being passed move on let's focus on what we need to do so i think you know like i think it's just a way for us to kind of i wouldn't say cover for you but i think just assuring you like there are people who you know, will kind of defend you in the space, I think, uh, in case of that. But I think at the end of the day, it's just kind of like, we got to focus on, the, as you said, and what Nick said, and what Roger said earlier, we got to focus on the issues. We got to focus on the issues. And even if people like scream at us, yell at us, call us names, whatever else, 
you know, we know what we're trying to do, you know, and eventually for those people, some of them might catch on. Um, but I think it's just a matter of staying focused and kind of staying principled and not getting caught up, which is hard with all the games, you know, because ultimately that's how the elites are winning. And so at this point, I'm just kind of like, I don't want to give them that. You know, if anything, I want to take that power from them so I can benefit from myself and benefit the people that I care about, especially within our community. So I think we really just need to focus on that and just keep moving. Well said, Colin. Thank you so much. I'm going to go to the uh, next caller, which is Pita. Pita, you are hey, the Sabi. Hey, Sabi, thanks for having me on. I actually had to head out. Uh, um, hello? Pita, you know. Okay, hello? thanks. I can hear you, Pita. All right, all right, all right. So, I mean, um, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, um, I like a revolutionary blackout. I, um, I don't personally know who Nina Turner is. Like, I don't, I, if this person said to Jimmy Dore something like about being anti-black, then, uh, I mean, I don't really know how much worth it would be i mean considering like, i don't know who this person is and i don't really watch that much of uh jimmy Dore either um i don't like me personally i don't know how much it really how much it really affects something if like someone who isn't really that devoted to what they are doing calls another person anti-black like jimmy Dore. Um, I mean, it's, it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't, Nina Turner, I think that it doesn't really, I mean, me personally, I think that it doesn't really matter, and what needs to be focused on is, uh, is, you know, like the previous person said, just, you know, finding places to unite in, and uh, maybe like reading more materials, uh, reading more like history about the movement, reading more about how it is that we can um, see, like get common ground on different subjects and um, get solidarity, international solidarity with other people and uh, other people within other groups. And um I just want to chime in for a second, uh, Peta. Nina Turner worked with uh, Bernie Sanders. She was on Bernie Sanders' campaign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't personally. I don't personally like Bernie Sanders that much. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm. It doesn't. I don't. I don't know how much. It, it's just like where. Where does she even say that though? Where Where was it that? he the she accused jimmy door of that this was all on twitter uh pita hmm. yeah it was all on uh, twitter and it got to the point where it actually caused jimmy door to trend on twitter that hmm. it's like <laughs> that that's that's kind of that's i mean i me personally, I think that it, it's it's kind of just uh, it's kind of just 
it does I don't really know how much it, I don't think it matters that much. I think that what matters more is just continuing to build a, a movement of people in um continuing to, you know, just maybe just like not even bother giving I don't even know who it, it, I don't I don't know who Yeah, that's just what I wanted to say. I just Okay. Well, all right. It's it's okay, Peter. I'm sure if if you go on Twitter, you'll find out very quickly uh, <laughs> um, uh, who uh, Nuna Turner is. But uh, but thank you so much for calling. And I agree. We we need to work with other groups and we need to uh, do better with organizing as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All righty. Uh, Ashura, I am uh, bringing you in. You are the next caller. Just have to unmute. Hi. Hello, Sam. Hello. Yeah, I didn't think you would get to me because I thought the list was long, so I was reading online. Uh, when it comes to the Jimmy Dore thing, I think they're basically trying to bury him because they couldn't do it with Anna Kasparian, so they're using uh, Nina Turner now to do it because she's a woman and she's black. So with all the content Jimmy does on the Democrats, they've literally called Jimmy Dore a Republican, even though Jimmy Dore calls out both Republicans and Democrats. And most people, they want you to do the both, do a content on Democrats and do a content on Republicans at the same time. And I feel like that's more time consuming if you're trying to juggle both sides and call them out. So I think you just decide which side you want to pick. Do you want to pick the Republicans or the, the Democrats? The Democrats are the ones, I would say, the much easiest because they're the ones who basically pretend they're all about hope and change. And the Republicans aren't about anything. So why do I have to go shit on Republicans if I already know who they are? Exactly, Ashura. That's exactly like my point as well. Um, but I think you have a point there when you say that you think they might be trying to to basically bur- uh, bury uh, Jimmy Dore. And like I said, like I said tonight on my show, I don't agree with Jimmy Dore on everything. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I, I don't but, because, uh, oh, sorry. You can continue what you were saying. I'm going to respond afterwards. Yeah, but this particular situation, I felt like, I didn't feel like that, that uh, I felt like that was a cheap shot. I didn't feel like it was fair because it didn't have anything to do with the the discussion, the dialogue that was happening at that time, you know? Yeah, so you had like the there, were, there. I watch Jimmy Dore all the time. I just avoid him when he basically brings up, uh, you know, Mister and B. If you could basically figure out who 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 has those initials, basically when he brings them on the show, I don't I don't watch those segments. I just watch him when he's not when he's doing those. So um, he talks about Republicans and Democrats. Like he, he talks about uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, but I think like when I'm about the Marjorie Taylor Greene thing, I think it was. He he does say at times that um, these Republicans, they may talk a good game. At the same time, they're not really going to do anything. So I, so I think that most people like to go around. So, well, Jimmy Doe say he's pro-Republican because he's basically he's, he's basically fronting this Republican here, this Republican there. Yeah, because basically they're saying stuff that should have been came, coming out of the mouth of a Democrat. So why are you letting the Republicans outflank you? That's a good point. That's a good point. I want to bring you in here as well. Hey, Sabi. Um, 
I, thanks for inviting me up. I, I think that I think they were both kind of childish yesterday, and I didn't agree with Nina Call. It, it was goofy, you know, because I felt like it really didn't even address what Jimmy had said. You know, uh, if she was calling out Republican, um, if she was calling out the hypocrisy of like MBT or saying that these people aren't for real, they're just simply for Trump, which is what I think. You know, I don't trust Mar Marjorie Taylor Greene to be all of a sudden a cab, you know, <laughs> like, but why didn't Nina say that? Why did she have to all of a sudden go, this is racism? You know, because then that undermines the real cultural issues out there. That's some neoliberal nonsense, you know? And so when I saw that, I was like, man, you know, and Colin actually, he he posted one of the best things on it. So when I saw him speaking and I agree with them 100%, it's such a distraction. Everyone was in on this yesterday. Like I even got distracted by it. I needed to do work for Camp Dada and I was supposed to do something at eight and I went down a, a Twitter rabbit hole arguing with a lady who was simping for AOC. And then I was like, oh man, I missed an organizing thing that I'm literally supposed to be on because of Twitter. And I had to take a step back and be like, what am I doing? Like I'm trying to do some real organizing and I just got distracted by this nonsense. And it really is such a distraction, just like Roger and Colin and everyone else said, but that, that went, her pulling her pulling that was a, was a goofy response. And then I felt like, you know, after that, Jimmy had some goofy responses to her that I didn't agree with. I don't agree with Dora on everything. I don't think he's a racist. I think he's culturally insensitive sometimes, but I don't think he's a racist. And I, I just, I don't know. I think going that way delegitimized any of her defending herself in the first place. And, you know, she simped and supported Biden and Biden supported the crime bill and he is a racist. So it's kind of like just hypocrisy all around from the republicans all of a sudden saying defund the fbi which i don't trust you know if nancy pelosi came out tomorrow and said um jordan asked me this today on status quo he said if you know nancy pelosi came out tomorrow and supported it do you think people would support her and i was like no and they should not trust her on it because she's probably lying i feel the same way about the republicans i don't trust it yet and i'm not going to celebrate it because i know why they're doing it um, but at the same time, I think that the whole response was a distraction. And I, I agree with that. And, uh, and I agree with you 100%, Sabby. And I'm not, you know, I am, I'm biracial. My dad was black, but I'm white presenting. I don't, I don't know. And I'm not going to pretend to walk in, in your shoes, but I, I, as just a human being looking at it, I was like, man, she has just undermined real racial issues by this like um, neoliberal response. Yeah, uh, when you said he was uh, culture, Jimmy was cultural and sensitive. Can you give an example, Zaina? I want to bring this up, but mine's kind of personal. He, he, I, I had an issue where I filed a sexual harassment complaint, and on his. Okay, 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 on that times, point. Yeah. I, thought, I thought you were going to say it's a racial thing. Yeah, there's other times that he's done some things that, you know, he has said things in the past that he's kind of caught himself on. There's been a couple times he's apologized. I don't have the exact things in front of me, but also kind of sometimes, like when he talks about anti-woke rhetoric and things like that, it'll go so far as to almost undermine the fact that we still have cultural issues and i think that we need to be aware of things like redlining still existed for instance even though we passed regulation 
with the new deal that was supposed to be fair housing for all, mass white flight happened. If we yeah, don't acknowledge the, those historical patterns, we're doomed to repeat them. So that's how I remember did basically did, uh, he did did videos on redlining before on his channel. I would say he's the only one that I've seen in reference to the large, the large platforms that's been speaking out a lot against the police. Uh, based on the last video, the, the couple of videos that I've seen yeah. within the past year, he's been speaking out a lot against the police I and, I've heard, I've and racial uh, profiling with the police. Oh, sorry. What was that, Ashura? Well, I said I've heard him also talk about housing also. He's done a couple of videos on housing. I think he talked yeah. about a, a about how... Uh, one state, some red state basically managed to find a way to basically give people housing by giving basically giving them a house with no strings attached. Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah, they have done that. They they are actually building more houses to um help solve the homelessness problem. So why why aren't Democrats basically using that plan? Exactly. <laughs> Doing They're that in California, here, New so York. Why don't they pick up the um, good things, right? <laughs> Yeah, they keep saying that the rednecks are bad, but the, there are a couple of times they, they throw some good stuff in. Why not pick it up? I mean, exactly. Why not pick it up? And, and, and I think like the thing about you said about Nina using the race card, I I, I think it's like that's like Anna Kasparian 2.0. Anna Kasparian had that dumb shit. She kept on her back pocket. Now she's trying to use that one under me door. So let me put out the black back pocket, my, my black card. For some reason, she hasn't used that black card against Joe Biden. Oh, boy. No, that's that's a good point. Again, this is why I get so frustrated with the two party system, because people are just basically beholden to their party and they defend it when it happens with their party. But they they speak out against it when it's the other side. And it really bothers me. It's a problem. I got. um, Yeah. I got case study QB here. Case, um, I want to bring you in as well. I was just basically saying that, like. Um, I'm not sure if you saw the stream tonight, but I was basically saying that like this whole exchange between Jimmy Dore and Nina Turner, it just really made me feel kind of sad because I don't feel mm -hmm. like we're actually accomplishing anything on the left. And I was really disappointed with with Nina Turner's uh, anti-black comment because it just made me as, as a black woman, it made me feel some kind of way. I felt like it was used uh, incorrectly and that was definitely not the right time to throw that in. Hey, Sabby. Um, no, I, I gotta go back and watch your clip. I was um listening to Bree's um uh show for a minute and then I saw you started, so I just jumped over. And um yeah, basically I, I heard Bree comment on it and I, I think I agree with her in the sense that it was almost like a um I think in tennis is called like when you uh you have a your own fault. <laughs> you you and I think both sides um kind of canceled out their message in the sense that it, I don't think um, Nina Turner was trying to uh, make the point that Jimmy was making, and it was like it was unnecessary conflict. That's the whole what I'm trying to say in a very inarticulate way. It was unnecessary conflict, and um, it was a self owned. That's what I wanted to say. Uh, it's a very unfortunate. I agree with you in that sense. It's very uh, now about the um, the black comment. I, I I personally hate when identity politics is brought up, especially in a unnecessary way. And I think definitely in this case, it wasn't necessary to bring up identity politics. Um, 
it, it's just another notch on the progressive movement of failure that we've unfortunately be, we keep getting these um, bad moments. And I'm, I'm hoping that we can get a, like one of the highs was when um, um, the the labor, the Amazon labor movement, when they got that first win, that vote, like that was a high. And I think we were due to have like five of those straight. Like we need five of those to get us all back in uh, good moods. So much for the taste. Um, Ashura, I'm going to go ahead. I got a lo- uh, long line of callers here. So I'm going to go ahead to the next one. But thanks so much. Can I say one more thing before I go? Okay, um, go ahead. Um, CJ mentioned this, but I didn't think of it that way. But he said that maybe Jimmy must have read the, her, her, her tweet wrong. And I, I I thought about it like maybe he could have read it wrong, but even if she came back like that, but she didn't answer his comment really or his tweet the same way. It's like she just threw the race card. Yeah, I think um, you know, I I talked about this earlier tonight. Like when I first read her original tweet, I didn't take it the same way that Jimmy took it. But I have spoken to other people yesterday as well, and they did take it the way that Jimmy took it. So that's why I tried to present both sides tonight. At the same time, regardless, I still felt like that was not I I don't feel like the discussion had anything to do with race. And for her to throw that in, I felt like that was a really cheap shot. And then, of course, Jimmy, what is he going to have to do? He's going to have to defend himself and tell people, hey, I'm not anti-black and all that kind of stuff. It's just it's very sad, man. I, I I don't know. It make me feel some kind of way. It, it really does. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Sabs, on, on that one. And I just wanted to say one more thing before you move on. That um, I heard um, Bree say we we really on the left have to have. Um, I hope that we have more grace in the sense of not assuming bad faith. And I, I think that's what Jimmy did. Um, like just. And instead of assuming bad faith, maybe contact each other. And I heard you said this before, um, like, hey, if we got each other's phone numbers, if we have each other's contact numbers, maybe reach out first and let's try to reconcile behind the scenes before going in front. Because these are our left leaders. You know, there's a lot of people, I'm sure, that do not consider Jimmy Dore as a left leader. Uh, I personally consider him as a left leader, as someone that champions Medicare for all. Um, etc. Um, now he has a different audience than the normal left, you know, media person, but that's fine. And we, as all the left leaders, we need them to be on the same accord and pushing the right, pushing us and, and motivating us to do marches for Medicare for all, like what happened in DC and other initiatives. And we can't have them fighting like this. Thank you. I agree. I feel like it was, it was, Honestly, I feel like it's embarrassing. Like it just it just shows like how divided the left is. And there was always division, I think, after force the vote. But I still feel like that was over policy. Well, for some people, it was over personality, but some people didn't agree with the policy. But now it's just gotten to the point where it's not even about policy anymore. It's just about personalities. Eric, I'm going to bring you in here. Um, So I just made you the next caller. You're on the mic. Hey, y'all. Um, something has to be made clear, though. Because um, when I saw it, I'm like, okay, she's okay, Nina's a liberal, so she's not really left. I mean, 
you're going to call someone in Jimmy Dore anti-black, but yet you're running in a anti-black party in the Democratic Party with Jim Crow Joe as president. You're, you're joking, right, Nina? <laughs> That's a good point, Eric. That's a good point. It just, you know, it's that whole lesser of two evils thing, right? Like people will continue to say, well, they're the lesser of two evils. So that's where we need to go to. But like I pointed out tonight, the Democratic Party has actually been guilty of implementing policies and legislation and laws that have actually hurt the black community. And so I think that legislation and laws, that's even more impactful than someone saying something that may be somewhat offensive. Because if someone implements a policy where there's redlining in the community, yeah, that's greatly going to affect people and impact people. And it's more difficult to overturn those types of laws or overturn legislation. It's difficult. So I've said this before, uh, when Chris Hedges came on, I said, from my experience with liberals in the Democratic Party, they actually are, are a little bit more sneaky. They have found a way to still be anti-racist, but they do it in a systemic way. So it's not as apparent, it's more covert instead of overt, but they're still doing it. And I think that I really just want people to come together on the class issue. And like, I just want us to get something accomplished on the left. Like it's been six years, Eric, what have we accomplished? We haven't done anything. All I see is people like throwing like fire at each other and nothing is being accomplished. Yeah, yeah, you're right about nothing really being accomplished. Um, really, like, for at least from what I from what I see with this, with just infighting in general, like, or whatever we consider infighting, like, is I, we still see the left is like is basically immature in this country. I mean. Yeah, I remember between like the whole Cold War shit, the Palmer raids, all that shit, and now you have a, a left that's effectively reconstituting. So it's a lot of this infighting feels like it's inevitable, and over time it should have already dissipated by now. But yeah, yeah, really, it should have already dissipated by now. But again, have. Having standards shouldn't be like having standards shouldn't be an issue. Like I, I, I don't, yeah, because I don't consider I don't consider having standards a purity test though. But then, can I a, add something to this? Kind of on Sabi, would it be okay if I'll let you go first? But I'd yeah. love to add something about like the percentage of people that are independents and stuff. It's something that yeah, yeah. I'll get. I'll get that in a let minute. me. Yeah, let me answer Eric really quick. Um, and Eric, I think there's a difference between standards and purity tests. And let me explain what I mean by purity test. I have seen this myself where sometimes some leftists, whether they're podcasters or not, they will say, if you're not this, 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 and that, then you're not the left. If you're not this, 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 and that, you're not the left. If you support, and some of them have gone to this extent, if you support Jimmy Dore, you're not the left, you're right wing. There's all these, these things that people are saying, like you have to be this, 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 and this, or you're really not the left. Not the left. 
And for people who are on the outside, especially people who are like, I don't identify as anything politically, I can show them like left uh, podcaster shows, independent media, and they'll agree on the issues. But then they see this type of infighting, the stuff that blows up on Twitter, the things that blow up in the podcast and and all these uh, specific requirements. You have to be this, this, this and this. If they're not there yet, they don't feel comfortable coming over to this side because sometimes it does come across as condescending as though if you're you are not 100 percent there yet, then we're not supposed to associate with you. And I think that's part of the problem. So for people who are not in this space, it can be a turnoff to them. And I think, and I'll give an example, libertarians. People tell me all the time, like, we should not talk to libertarians. We should not engage with those people. Why not? Like, this is the thing. Like, it's just the fact that, like, we're not supposed to talk to certain people unless it's a debate me bro uh, episode. That doesn't make any sense to me. When when someone says they're starting a movement, or if you say you're starting a revolution, and we can get into the whole Bernie Sanders thing another time, but that means you can't just start a movement with people who are already on the left. And that's a big part of the problem that's coming from these spaces. And if you listen to some of these outlets, and I've seen it sometimes on TYT, I've seen it sometimes on Majority Report, they talk to people as though if you are you're not already there yet and you don't understand then you're stupid and if you make people feel like they're stupid because they don't understand you make them not want to engage and i think something needs to be done there and i think part of this could be a class issue i think people need to learn how to talk to people especially people who are working class and people who are poor and not speak to them as though they're stupid if they don't understand how certain things work in politics. Agreed. Hells yeah. And that's literally, you said like half of what I was going to (laughs) say. You're fucking spot on. Excuse my language. Um, There's a, so 67% of our country aren't registered independent or Democrat of registered voters. They're registered or aren't registered Republican. They don't identify as Republican or Democrat. Even larger percentage of those people registered as Republican and Democrat, they identify as independent still, even though they're registered as that. And then the rest of the country are unregistered who are of voting age. So most of the people aren't even in these like political spheres. So we kind of get in these echo chambers because of algorithms on Twitter and everything else of what we see. Um, And we're only seeing what's in our little echo chambers. Right. And it gets so frustrating because we see that the right man, they can organize, they get out, they do local things like they did in Michigan. They do co-ops, they do stuff. People don't realize the right wing are doing that kind of stuff. I don't support the right wing, but that's how they get elected because they're in their local areas organizing and then that a really good thing you know maybe we shouldn't be using the term even left anymore maybe we should be saying independence i don't know i think that there's something to that but um people are canceling each other over all kinds of stuff like if you're a communist or another person's a socialist or somebody likes jordan sheridan they're canceled or if they like jimmy Dore, they're canceled or they don't like a couple of his episodes are canceled maybe you like to john oliver episode and so you shared it and then you're canceled it's so silly because we're not coming together if we can't disagree on nuances of policy or 
or one thing and, and be able to come together and have discussions about it. We're never going to be able to do what Roger said, which is take over the state houses, take over the local governments, organize locally, build the co-ops, mutual aid. If we're always fighting, that's what the DSA does and the Working Families Party and all these other, they've been co-opted by rich liberal neoliberals and they don't get anything done because all they're doing is arguing all the time over myopic crap. And that's and we're seeing these arguments because we're the ones on Twitter seeing Jimmy Dore and Nina Turner and all this. There's a whole world outside of that that aren't even listening to us because they think it's it's like Colin said, it's childish nonsense. Like, honestly, Eric, I had people like write me off. I, this is a while back, but I remember I had Jordan. She mentioned Jordan Sheraton. Jordan Sheraton came on a while back. He came on to talk about Flint. And there were people that wrote me off because Jordan Sheraton came on. Not thinking about the fact that he's there to talk about Flint, which everyone should be concerned about drinking water in this country. They were mad because I brought him on. Some people wrote me off because I brought on Rokana. It just, it, and I've said this multiple times before, I will talk to anyone. I may not agree with everything they have to say, but this idea that you only have to talk to certain people, it needs to stop. Yeah. And that's, and that's something that does have to be strained out. I mean, this, if you're, and if people are really serious about engaging pe with people on class lines, that's the whole point of engaging on, with people on class lines. You're going to talk shit. You should be talking to all different types of people. Hell, I'd be concerned, Sabby, if you weren't talking to different types of people. Um... Hell, most of the time myself, I'm not really on Twitter. I'm out here just talking to, to as many people as I can. Um, even teaching, sometimes you, sometimes you'll just talk to a, to another either staff member or maybe, or whatever the case may be, and they might mention something like they strike up a conversation there. I mean, they, yeah, it's just like a lot of it's just. I think what people have to understand is like, again, like not everybody is where we are. And so I think we should hear everybody out and not just be so quick to like dismiss people. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Sabby's. And I, I, Sabby, I think it's snowflake behavior. You know, this is things that people complain about all the time where they get really tied up in a knot. I, I agree with you. Like I, I, when I first posted my promo that's on the Twitter um, my Twitter account is pinned at the top, Case Study QB. They had um, a whole bunch of great, uh, great leftists um, giving me a shout out. I purposely put people who didn't like each other, who didn't agree with each other in the clip because I, I was trying to make the point, hey, guys, you are all leftists. You all use my clips. <laughs> we should be able to work together. That was my whole point, and I, I try to preach that as much as I can, and and I hope one day to see that uh, come to fruition. But somebody was like, oh, you put Nico House in your ad. I'm not, I'm um, unfollowing. And I'm like, you know, I didn't say anything. I didn't respond. I don't like to respond to that type of negative energy. But to myself, I'm just like, wow. Why would you prevent yourself from getting a, a, a feed of all the latest um, things that progressives, what I believe progressives need to know and you're going to take yourself away from that feed just because you saw a Nico house in a ad, you know, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I, that's a good point case. Um, I, I saw some of the comments for that clip, by the way. So I know what you're talking about. 
I got a question about that clip though, Case. When 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 you add an RB into that clip? Sure. <laughs> I haven't I haven't updated it, and I'll be honest with you, it got so many views, and it it was such. Um, it had Brianna like it was the perfect one. So like, I I do have to do an update though because there's definitely several new people that giving me shout out, and I'm like, all right. And just because you said that, I'll, I'll work on the next iteration of a a promo clip because that was the second one. <laughs> I, I'll get another. One. <laughs> Much love to you. <laughs> Much love, Case. <laughs> all right, Eric. Um, anything else? I'm I'm go to the next caller. Um, no, nah, that was it. Okay, thanks so much for calling in, Eric. No problem. All right, James, you are on the mic, Mr. James. You just have to unmute. Oh, okay, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you? Oh, great. Hi. Well, it's good to talk to you, Sammy. I just love your show. I want to just say that at the beginning. And I really related to what you were saying because... Uh, if we go back to 2015 or 2016, that primary, and Bernie Sanders was gaining momentum, you know, and Nina Turner joined, and she had such passion. She was so inspirational. She was so charismatic. So much potential was there at that time in that movement, and they've just wasted it. And today, with or yesterday, or whenever this Twitter exchange happened, it just like brought it full circle that the whole thing just came to nothing. And, you know, and it's a sickening feeling I get, you know, from it. Because, you know, it's like Chris Hedges said that, uh, that uh, Bernie's moment, he let his moment pass. And really, by extension, so did Dina Turner, because she just went ahead and, I mean, I believe there was a time when Nina Turner could have struck out an independent line of her own and had followers, but she decided to follow the Bernie line and stay within the Democratic Party, which is just the dead end, the graveyard. It's the end of all hope to stay within that party. And, and unfortunately, so many of these commentators that we have come to know and like or dislike over the years, all they ever preach is just adherence to one form of the Democratic Party or one form of narrative control or, an, uh, or another. Occasionally, they may, uh, you know, uh, be against it. But every now, but you know, there'll be a situation where they're on the bandwagon and they expect everyone else to be on the bandwagon. And that's where I want to say that that to me is the value such that of Jimmy Dore as a leader of the left. And I do think he is because he is always preaching critical analysis of, you know, these narratives that we get or to be skeptical of the claims of these people or their intentions. And I think that in itself is a valuable thing to teach people because we live in a world of gullible people and I've been gullible as we all have. I think we were all taken in by Bernie Sanders. I think now it's obvious that, you know, he's, he never intended to do anything and is never going to do anything. But I think that we can learn from this experience and see who, because some of us truly want change. And obviously there are those who are happy enough with the system that they're willing to attack those of us who want change and to slander us and to try to prevent us from doing things. Let's not forget Nina Turner. She's never come out for the Medicare for All marches or any of these things that we've tried to do. And she ran two failed campaigns, you know, for Congress that that were really 
too far to the right. I think she followed the Bernie pattern again. But anyway, I I that I just wanted to say that. <clears throat> Thank you so much for that, James. Those are all good points. I think, you know, yeah, I mean, you, you brought up really good points there about like direct action and things like that as well. And I think that we have to find a way to move forward. Yes. And I think we have to like accept the fact that not everybody that was on this journey during the whole Bernie movement starting in 2015 is going to continue on. That's correct. And I want to say one other thing, if I could just interject this real quick. There is, and we were, you, you guys were hinting at it earlier, actually saying there is, a, there is absolutely without question, a left elitism, a snobism as disgusting as any that ever existed. And I really do think that this, it, there's kind of a clicky, you know, like, oh, you can't talk to that person or you can't associate with that. They've committed thought crime in this regard or that, you know. There's not enough of us. The way the system is set up, we need as many people as possible as allies to make any changes in anything, to get anything. Whatever we're going to do, we need to reach out to people and try to at least work with them at some level on some things. Not everything, but, you know, this this cordoning ourselves off and saying, oh, we're part of this group and you're part of that group. I mean, this, again, this, I mean, it's just like the Democrat-Republican divide. It's like the... You, you know, the right-left divide. These things are divides. They do not advance our agenda, I don't think. I agree. And I think there are some things that, I mean, you brought up a good point about the, you know, the snobism. I've heard that from some of my friends as well, that they feel that it comes across that way, that they feel like they're not talking to everyday people, uh, sometimes with their rhetoric and their tone. And, you know, us at RBN, this is something, this is part of the reason why we entered this space is like, we wanted people to understand that, like, listen, not everybody on the left has that, that same demeanor. Right. And it's okay if you're not a hundred percent there yet. It's all right. Like let's let's not call people stupid. Let's not call people idiots because I've I've seen that people calling people idiots because they're not a hundred percent there on like the leftist issues. Then take that time to educate them, right? Like don't like make fun of them because they're not there. You have to realize that majority of Americans only watch mainstream media. Majority of Americans are not watching independent media and not all of them that watch independent media are watching left independent media. So I think that's something we have to keep in mind, but yeah, you're right. Like there, there's a clickishness too. I've experienced it greatly. Uh, you guys don't know about it, but <laughs> those of us at RBN, we know about it. Like I've been shadow banned by a lot of people in this space uh, and some black ones too, uh, believe it or not. And I think that this is why you don't see those of us at RBN on certain shows. It's not that we don't want to go on. It's that we, it's kind of been decided in social circles that we will not be brought on because of the things that we say. But they have no problem and no shade to the vanguard. I know those guys, but they have no problem bringing on the vanguard. Mm -hmm. And they're working class, too. Mm -hmm. So what is it really about? And so we do have those issues like in this space and it's unfortunate. But, you know, I decided a while back just to focus on what I'm doing. And I think like people like I know a lot of people have criticism about Kim Iverson. But one thing I will say about her when 
those people pretty much decided we will never bring on uh, Sabrina. We will never go on to her show. Kim Iverson was not that way. And I think that's what people need to understand. When I heard her say uh, on uh, on Rising, that was back when she was still on Rising, when I heard her say that she did it all on her own, I that resonated with me because I didn't have help. I didn't have anybody platform me per se, except for Jimmy Dore. So yeah, it made me feel some kind of way when I hear Nina Turner say that Jimmy Dore's anti-Black. Like you're talking about at that time, Jimmy Dore had the biggest platform, uh, except for with the exception of Majority Report and TYT, Jimmy Dore had the biggest platform and he took a chance and came on my channel when I only had, I think only had 3000 subs at that point mm-hmm. and he came on anyway. And so none of them were willing to do that. So what's it really about? So that's why I was just like, I don't know, man, you know, uh, you say someone's anti-black, you need to give me specific examples because from my experience in this space, I have plenty of examples I could use in reference to other people that show that they have definitely been anti-black and anti-working class. And they only bring those people on when it benefits their platform. So I I think, yeah, go ahead. I want to say one thing. I'm glad you brought up Kim Iverson because Kim Iverson and Jimmy Dore are similar in the fact that they they are they set an example. They are they are free to think for themselves and and they trust themselves. They trust their abilities to read and understand what the meaning of articles are. And that is such a good example for people. You don't need some elites to tell you what to think. You can read and be critical and understand yourself. You know what I mean? You, you, you are free to think, you know, and ask questions. And I love Kim and Jimmy both for the example they set in that regard. And I think just in that alone, they are seditious and, but they, they, they give value to our community in, in, in that example. Doesn't mean they're getting everything right that they, that they think independently about, but they are at least willing to follow their convictions and, 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 you know, think for themselves. And if you, if you look at both of them over the years, you can see that the trajectory for both, I mean, they have stayed true to their original, you know, uh, premises and they've grown over the years you know what jimmy is Mm -hmm. now started five six years ago when he was on tyt and he was kind of reluctantly the far left accidentally because he was always out lefting them (laughs) because he was following his own logic and train of thought right and same with with kim but anyway i have rambled on too long but it was great coming on here and i like i said i just i do enjoy your show and what you do and so Thank I, you. I hope that you don't let this experience get you down. I mean, it is a learning experience. I mean, yes, I think Nina Turner has failed us, unfortunately. Uh, that doesn't mean she can't one day redeem herself. But so far, her actions are proving that she's not really been an ally to our, you know, interests over the last few years for Med for All and other things to me. That's a good point, James. Thank you so much for calling in. OK, thank you. One thing I don't know if you all heard, but um, Brie announced that she's going to be going on TYT. I think their show before the um, main show called The Conversation. And I, I believe she's probably going to debate Jenk. So that's going to be interesting. And I, hopefully it's civil. Hopefully it's productive. That That's great. That will be great. Yeah. I'm sorry again that Nina Turner fell into that cesspool, too. I felt felt like she compromised herself in that way, too, when she went on that network, which is on the down 
viral. I mean, let's face it. I mean, it's not what it was five, six years ago. No, it, it let its moment pass, too. All of these people are examples uh, to me of, I mean, they had a chance to do something, and for whatever reason, for their own career interests or what they thought were their best career interests, they let it go, and now they're just floundering and throwing hate at Jimmy Dore, who, I mean, doesn't deserve all that rancor. <laughs> I mean, that's right. That's right. Thank you so much for uh, calling in, James. I'm going to go over to okay. uh, Daryl. I have to say, like, uh, from my experience in this space, for those who are, are still here, I actually have been very disappointed with some of the women in this space. Very, very disappointed. And people ask me, like, why did I do that Women's Summit? The idea with that was to bring women in this space together. And I honestly have to tell you, most of the support that I've received from people in this space has been from the men, which I did not expect. I thought more of that support would come from the women. So I feel that my experience in this space, it's kind of shown me that it's been very territorial and people like have their spaces and they don't want other women to come into that space, especially if they consider you to be somewhat of a threat. And it's been very, uh, I will tell you, it's been very upsetting so what I have decided to do is to focus on the people that actually do want to collaborate and not the people who are afraid. I don't have time for that. I'm not everyone's cup of tea. I can be mean and I'm not going to sugarcoat things for people. And if that's too much for them, well, then I'm sorry, but I'm not going to change who I am just so I can be uh, approved by your social group to come onto your show. Thank you so much for that, James. Daryl, I'm going to go ahead and bring you in. So you're on the mic. You just have to unmute. Just have to hit the unmute button, Daryl. Down. In well, unmuting. I just wanted to say, Sabby, I commend you for not doing the access journalism crap because that is really hurting the left, you know, like. We should have people on, we should be able to have conversations, but we shouldn't be able to, we shouldn't be censoring ourselves for access journalism because then we're not going to have the conversation. So thank you for doing Hello. that. Hello, can you hear me now? Yeah, Hello? I can hear you now. Thanks, Zineb. I can hear you. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, Sabrina, this was, the, the, your commentary was just spot on. I mean, uh, I can't even really add anything to it. Um, and and I also wanted to say, I mean, it's hard to fo follow some of these callers because they've been great. I mean, I, I just Roger and uh, Colin and Ashura and the guy who was just before me. I mean, it's I mean, you just have some great callers. So um, I just wanted to say that too. Um, the other thing, you know, and, and I, I won't really get into the whole Nina Jimmy situation because you know, uh, you know, activists are always if you go back through history, you know, activists have always battled. You can look at like some of the great names in our, you know, in, um, in activists, in our activist history, in movement history, and there've been conflicts between them. So I'm not really concerned with that, but I am concerned with something that you were talking about uh, earlier, you know, during your comments about people outside the left or outside the activist community. And the fact that we're not really speaking to those people in the ways 
we're not really speaking their language, in other words. Um, I know I've, I've spent, you know, my grandparents were, were old, you know, quite a bit older, and uh, I spent a lot of time in hospitals and in uh, waiting rooms and, uh, you know, ICU waiting rooms and all kinds of places. And I would see people get together that you would never see get together outside of that 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 little world, you know, and they would be there, they'd be praying for each other, they'd go bring each other food, they'd go visit each other's loved ones, and party was never a part of that. And I and I can imagine a situation where you could you threw party into that and all of a sudden it all hell's breaking loose. And so, you know, what you're saying in terms of, you know, when you have party involved um how that adds to a lot of this this split that we see and i'm somebody i've i've been uh involved in third party movements for almost 20 years and at all different levels a bunch of different organizations and the hope that i have right now the little sliver of hope i have right now is outside of parties I think that the model that we need going forward is a independent movement. I was so disappointed with Yang's, uh, you know, the bringing forth of his uh, effort, because I think it's exactly what we don't. I think it's going in the wrong direction. I think splitting the pie, the pie whether it's three ways or four ways or six ways, that's the problem because you're Every time you're doing that, we're dividing up into different camps. And that's the problem that you have now with the two-party thing. I had a, I, I posted a comment in response to something where somebody was saying, uh, some organization was talking about how we need, you know, four or five parties. And I said, well, how about if we tried having, you know, moving toward in, independence from parties? Um, and I had a, a guy comment it. He was a an American. He's living in uh, a European country, and he said, you know, 100%. I live in a I live in a country where we have much more than four parties. And he said we have some of the same problems with the whole uh, tribalism between people. Parties exist to get into power, no matter how they start out. They want to get into power, and they want to maintain that power. And that's just – and they're going to do whatever they have to do to make keep that going. So I think the model that we need is a completely independent movement. And this is coming from somebody, like I said, I've been involved in third parties for almost 20 years and trying to get third parties up and going. But I think, especially like what we've watched in the last – four or five years is everything is saying you need the party's not going to get it because you're just going to keep dividing people up and it's my team versus this team and and the blue team versus the red team and the green team and it's we got to get out of this team sport it's part politics is not a team sport you know if we're going to really move this country forward it's going to have to be together and we can't do that if we're on different teams in the game and and what we think is some sort of political game. So I really think that, like I said, my only hope in this whole thing is that we figure that out. Because just like it got 
I've been like 20 years ago. I was saying, hey man, we got to get out of the, we got to get out of the Democratic Party. We got to get out of the Republican Party. And it's interesting to, to see this moment now where people are embracing that. But I think the move now, the bigger move that we need to make is outside of parties, is toward an independent system, ranked choice voting, bring all of that in with issues, you know, not just, you know, all oh, the problem is we just don't get along. And No, we got it. The, the structural problems are causing even more of the dissension that we see, that we're seeing mm -hmm. in our politics. So we've got to, it can't just be like, oh, you know, the analysis that just says, oh, well, we, you know, the problem is uh, we're on different teams. It's not just that we're on different teams, but we don't have policies that people actually need. And neither one of these, these parties is going to do that because they're beholden to, you know, to the interests that, that don't want that to happen. And so, like I said, you know, the smarter move at this point to me is we've got to move toward an independent approach to this thing. Well said there, Daryl. Um, you know, John uh, Stasevich was on recently. He's running for independent uh, for as an independent for president for 2024. And he really had a lot of good things to say. And I, I want, you know, more people to hear his message. I know he's going to be going on Hardlands uh, sometime this month. I have to check the date. But um, I want more people to hear what he has to say and hear his message. But, you know, when Roger Meadows first told me, Sabs, we got to get rid of political parties. I was like, what? I was like, what is he talking about? What is happening here? But, you know, as time went by, I'm like, I get it. Like, I get it now. Like, it all makes sense. Because oh, yeah. the thing is, is this, if you're a part of a party, you're going to defend your party, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's why you can't get people who would otherwise, like the people I talked about in those hospitals, who would otherwise be able to sit down with each other and look at each other as people. Once you, you put, a, put the blue vest on or the red vest on or whatever the vest is, we're, we're in opposition. We're automatically supposed to be on opposite sides of whatever it is, even if, you know, we might agree on some other things, some very basic things. But, it, yeah, it's just, it's, they did it, they did this experiment years ago. I, I think Drew Weston uh, wrote about it in one of his books, um, where they took the words of the Democratic candidate and they attributed to them, them to the Republican candidate and vice versa. And then they showed those things to the, the supporters on each side, and they just found a way to rationalize the contradiction in what their candidate was saying, because they had that they have that mental thing that they have to adhere to what this guy's on my team. I've got to support him no matter what. And you know, and that's what's so to me disappointing in terms of the whole Nina situation. Uh, beyond this, I'm not even going to get into the, 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 her, the thing with her and Jimmy, but to me, she's bigger than the Democratic Party. She had a moment where she could have really, like, been a major movement leader. I was one of those people who was disappointed that she ran the first time for uh, Congress in that district. I get it that, you know, that's where she grew up and all that. But to me, she's bigger than that. She had a she had a chance to be something bolder 
than that, like up with the Mother Joneses and all of these other people. And she could have, she, you know, she could have been helping Christian Smalls and she could have been moving this whole thing forward in a bigger way. Um, and it just, you know, I mean, I just think she took the wrong track. You know, I think she really I'd agree. She had to been the most popular. I mean, when you look at the progressive, uh, when you look at the squad, and then you have Nina Turner. Like, Nina Turner was, was freaking huge, you know? Yeah. Like, she could have, you're right, like, she could have, you know, shoot higher than that. Um, I will say, even the first time that she ran, I think, you know, that was coming right after Force the Vote. And yeah. that was when some of us started to lose hope, like, with with the mm-hmm. squad and everything. And so it was just like... Unfortunately, the squad has not set a good example. So it was coming right after that. But I think that, you know, you just, I just want someone to have the same type of guts that Ralph Nader had. I want someone to have the same type of guts that Jill Stein has. You know, I, I want that person, the same type of guts that Cynthia McKinney had. Like, where are those people? Yeah, I mean they're they're out here, but they they're not going to get to play in the big leagues with with the parties, you know. Which is again, you know, what's so sad about the path that Nina chose. They were never going to let her win that that seat in Ohio. They they were going to throw everything at. Look at what they did to her in uh, 2016 at the damn convention at the DNC convention, where they wouldn't let her be on a national stage because she pissed off Hillary Clinton. To me, yep. at that point, it should have been scorched earth. You know, that's right. She should have used every bit of her power to take take that whole thing down. And I just, I just, it's really disappointing. You know, the the path that she's taken when she had so much else that was available to her. You know, I'm going to see if I can get Cynthia McKinney to move back to the U.S. Like I, I did bring this up to her recently. I was like, let's say you decided to move back. <laughs> I was like, would you run? And she was like, well, I guess I say never say never. Mm-hmm. So she's the only one that didn't give me a no. Like Chris Hedges said no. Jill Stein said you know, no. Even, you know, even beyond that though, I think that I think the big the next move is we have to start if you think about it like a railroad, you gotta start building track. And to me, you gotta build the tracks for an in, for independence, um, for an independent uh, type of politics in this country. I mean, and and that is, you know, like the I forget who's talking about the the co-ops. Um, I mean, it may it may start as something like that in a community, but then also have a political element to it. Um, and so I think that it. We've got to do that do that work so that when somebody does come up, there's all this structure in place to help them as independents. You know, because just as an independent running for president, they're kind of out there on their own. But if we build that framework for them to to come out of that, then you they're going to have a much stronger foundation and you know a, a much better chance at at really changing some things. You know. Well said, girl. I think someone was kind of trying to chime in. Was that you, Case? I personally like um 
uh, Michael Holt is I believe his name. Oh yeah, he, I, he's great. Yeah, I thought that just by the fact that you know the Democrats try to do what they did to the Green Party in his campaign is kind of blowback, right? Which is an unintended consequence of he went on so many different shows. Every time I saw him on a new show, he's building network. He's networking with these shows, and he's also very able to articulate himself very well. And I, I love everything. He's a socialist. Like I'm like, maybe he should run as for Green Party president for president. I, I think he should run as an independent for something, but because um, I, I just think that he's that type of person that speaks to the everyday, the guy who's driving the cab, the, the person that's working at uh, wherever coffee shop. I mean, those are the people we got to connect to. And we're not even, they're not even hearing us, you know, that's the, they're like, that's an ocean of people. 100%. We need to connect with those people. You know, we need to speak in the language that they understand. And I think that so often that we're talking like, it's like a different language. You might be speaking uh, Chinese or Japanese or whatever. They're not mm-hmm. understanding. They don't understand what we're, we're really talking about. And, and he's young too, so he he has a, you know I'm sure he has a lot of energy. I'm not sh- I don't know oh, yeah. if anybody's ever asked him that question before, but I'll be interested to know uh, what he thinks about that. Saps. Yeah. If you can send me his info case, mm-hmm. um, if you can DM me, DM me his uh, info, I don't. Uh, I can reach out to is, him. Is that the same person? I thought you interviewed him recently. No. Oh wait a minute! Did I interview yeah, him already? Yeah, like day before, like just two or three days ago, I think. The guy from the yeah. Green Party, um, is it Matthew Holt? Is that his name? Oh, Matthew. Yeah. That's yeah. Who, thank, I apologize. Yeah. Yes, Matthew Holt. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And by the way, Sabby, I, I just want to give you your flowers as well. You, you know, I said Jimmy Dore is a left leader. You are a left leader also. You give me a voice by, you know, inviting me to chat with your audience, Zanab who's a um, great person and um, just started her own calling and you give her a voice. And this is how we build community amongst each other. This is how we just have in conversation. We're not going to always agree, but when, when we do find things that we agree on and we can unite on, on those things that we agree on, that's when we build power and that's how we create change. 100%. Thanks so much for that case. Yeah. I have zero ego. So when people contact me and say, can they come on? Like my first question is like, sure. What do you want to talk about? I need to know what they want to talk about first. Um, But I've had like uh, Patreon members have come on before. Like uh, just, uh, just, you don't have to be like a, I don't know, a politician or a commentator to come on. Like anyone can come on if you want to come on and talk. I like talking to, to all of you guys, you know? Um, but thanks so much, Daryl. I'm gonna go to Lance. I see I got a um I still got a long line of uh callers here, but thank you so much for that. That was very informative. Uh Lance. All right, Lance, I made you the next call. All right, Lance. I know you like I know you like talk for a long time, but I'm just gonna let you know. <laughs> we got a long line of callers, but go ahead. Okay, I have to talk even faster. No, I had uh stressful times, so a little bit of urban wine, so I'm chill, but um yeah, so the previous caller, my thing there is, uh, what do I call it? I'm a radical, independent, heterodox, popular, anti-ismist. And, you know, Howie Hawkins, 
I mean, I know the guy and all that, a lot of ego, da, da, da. I would vote for him in a heartbeat as, like, I wish he would run for Congress because he could really win. You know, he just always wants to run for something bigger to be on a bigger platform, whatever. I'd vote for him in a heartbeat. Super smart. He would kill in a debate, no matter who he was debating. Jill Stein, it's sad to you would say that she wouldn't, wasn't going to run again because she could be really a legitimate, you know, bona fide president. Uh, not that Hollywood wouldn't be a bad president, but I mean, you know, but it, I think like you've suggested before, electoral politics, I think it's gone. When you talk about like different part, different groups and different parties that they, Lincoln was a third party candidate in six years, he was president, you know? And so after 50 years, since really literally 1970, Green Party, they just haven't been able to really make a move. But of course, I'd vote for them in a heartbeat. And they have done things on local level, et cetera. But your previous call, you know, he's just so right. It's got to be just independence because then you don't aren't saddled with a label. You're not saddled with it. And you're also not having them as like, oh, I'd really like to do this, but the party won't. No, it's like I'm an independent. It goes right to the very next question. Oh, what's your platform? What's your positions? There's nothing in between. It breaks that all that stuff down. Um, but you know, when you the couple of other things y'all were, you know, you guys were talking about about the snobbism on the left, and from the very first time I spoke with you, Sab, it was like reach across the aisle, reach across the aisle. It's a mantra. It's not only something that would be good to do. It's crucial. Chris Hedges people mentioned, you know, when he wrote his book about Christian fascism and how dangerous it is. He went to megachurches and he went to not just rural areas, but like urban, just destroyed, just gutted, just like dead, like ghost town, practically. And, you know, with, with, with opioids and meth and all that. And he's like, yeah, this is dangerous stuff. But if we don't figure out a way to assimilate these folks back into the society and inner city folks, too, of course. Yeah. You know, people, you know, and everybody. But if we don't do that. They're going to turn to arms. They're going to feel like that with these ads about you got to feel like a man by having a gun and all that stuff. And then they're going to start using them after just standing around and posing for a long time, as he has said, like Yugoslavia, like in Yugoslavia. Not that we're going to have a civil war, but, you know, these things are these things are you know bad. But we have to have to have to reach out across. And everybody on the left, they even want to channel Fred, you know, Fred Hampton all the time. And you, you know, you corrected me. Former, very important, former white supremacist, et cetera. But how former, you know, maybe with folks that still had a lot to work on, like you don't become like a, you're never a former alcoholic, but it's not like, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm all the way there because I quit drinking last week. But you have to work across the aisle. That's like a, such a priority. And here's the thing is that the friendly fascists and the hip wazee, I'll stop with that, with this, you know, is that's what we used to call them. It's funny that those terms aren't, like, I thought they were more popular, right? But this is like in the late 70s when I was starting to learn about the split left and how horrible it could be. And that's why I started promoting bands and doing things on my own when I was tapped on the shoulder to get involved with the anti-apartheid thing. Absolutely. You know, I did the, you know, with rallies, it was wonderful. It was beautiful. I went to the No Nuke rally in New York City, a million people. And they, everything got cleaned up afterwards. They canceled all the uh, cleanup crews. There was no arrests, zero arrests. Not even for any misdemeanors in that whole day. So that's all great. But I kind of did my own thing with promoting, band, doing bands, doing my own promotions and, you know, fundraisers on my own because it just didn't work out with working with, the, you know, movement. But so I've been in and out of that scene, of course. What I'm saying is that it's a question of 
working not ju- okay the friendly fascists and hip wise the friendly fascists are the ones that are totally environmental you know recycled everything and they you know uh reuse a million times first and they're just all the way there and they wear sandals and they work they ride bikes and they walk the hip wise are the ones that have this now we would call it the signs with all the you know they just have a longer and longer list of all the different groups they have to represent and they're the ones that go to have you know let go to brunch after voting and the hip wise you know the uh the liberal, you know, we call lim, uh, limousine liberals, etc. And here's the thing, and I'll again, final, final point. It's not just as I talked about before about living in Trump country, and I don't just talk about common ground. I challenge them about Trump and how Trump hates, you know, contractor type people, blah blah blah. I don't just talk about like, you know, hey, we need national health care. Well, it's not something that they're going to necessarily respond to. I talk about the things that they can relate to that I that are hypocritical about Trump, etc. But, you know, and so I challenge these folks. I don't just frown. But you know what? It's not just the Venn diagram. This is what I hear a lot. Yeah, you know, mass incarceration, the right can be good on that. And a lot of these, you know, left things that overlap about small business versus letting the banks fail, letting big business fail. That's a corporate kind of almost libertarian thing, if you will, in terms of part of the economic part that are good. But, you know, it's not just finding the Venn diagram of stuff that, you know, that we lefties can find that, 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 you know, the populist right wingers can, you know, the guys that voted for Obama, then they voted for Trump, Sanders in between that it's, you know what, there might be things that are outside of the Venn diagram. So it's not just finding that common ground and then, okay, now we'll bring them over to the Green Party and the Socialist Party. No, they're never going to come over there. Like we've all been saying, that's why you need to be just totally independent because we're not going to have a parliamentary. But some of the ideas, quick, 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 quick thing. It's some of the stuff that might make sense is on the other side of the Venn diagram that are actually conservative ideas that aren't things that people on the left could ever conceive of being. Just like there's things that we know that they could be convinced of that they could never conceive of being that are left wing ideas. So it's beyond just the Venn diagram. And last thing. The reason I got to be an anti-ismist is because we're not going to have a parliamentary system like Europe. Those parties don't joke about, oh, come on, I, I, we're a far left Marxist. We can't work with the far right immigrants. Are you kidding? They know that they have to because they have to have coalition governments a lot of the time. Very rarely do they have like a one party wins outright a sweeping majority. And so they have to work. Now there's a prime minister. But so all these policies in a weird way by having far right and far left parties, it creates stability because you can't just undo all that because there's one party on the right and one party the Democrats would even allow it to totally corporate. You know, so anyway, you know. I just want to jump in and say um most conservatives that I have spoken to actually agree that everyone should have health care. Right. And these are the things here on mainstream media. Most conservatives that I've spoken to agree that everyone should have health care. So when I when I talked about this was a couple months ago when I talked about um, a friend of mine who was sending me their uh, medical bills and uh, their spouse was going through chemo at the time. And their spouse had insurance and their bill was still like $1,600 every time he got chemo. Uh, They're conservative. And she still, they still agreed with me that everyone should have health care. So I think this is the thing. Like they don't want us to have conversations with those people. Healthcare, what I've found out of all the issues, healthcare has been the one that people have been the most in support of, I will say, um, because it, it affects 
pretty much like the majority of us, even people who have health insurance, sometimes they have inadequate health insurance, right? Like Hello? some people have these plans. Yeah. yeah, I hear you. No, no. Some people have these plans. I was going to say some people have these plans where like they have a deductible and they have to actually hit that deductible before the insurance company will pay anything. By the way, Aetna Health Insurance is notorious for that. So I had a friend and I had another friend who went through chemo and they had Aetna and they had to reach that $2,000 deductible before Aetna would pay anything. And so the the idea that well, people just have a good job and they have health insurance. That is not enough because it depends on the insurance plan that you have. And then also health insurance premiums go up every year. So even though you have uh, health insurance through your employer, it depends on the type and with the premiums that go up every year. Yeah, you get a raise. But if you're only getting and some people here in Massachusetts, believe it or not, only get a 2% flat raise then that raise doesn't mean anything because your health insurance premium goes up. And these are the kind of things we need to be talking to people about, whether they're conservative or what, because this is something a lot of people are experiencing. So I think that when I hear people tell us to just wait and elect more people to get health insurance for everyone, I call bullshit on that because I lived in a country where everybody had health care. I lived in Germany and everybody had it. Right. Like in Germany, like they, they had, like, you didn't have to pay to go to college and they have some of the best engineers in the world. So there's yeah, no yeah. excuse. I, I just yeah. don't buy it anymore. I just think this country is very greedy. And I think that it's all about corporations here. And I think the majority of the politicians in DC, they're just bought and paid for. They got theirs uh-huh. and they pretend like they're going to fight for us to get ours, but they're yeah. not. And that's where it comes down to us building communities. Um, I think when people don't know, they only know about their own situation and they think that they're alone and they think they're the only ones dealing with bad insurance. But once we start building communities, you know, some people don't even know their their neighbors, the people that are one door next um, to their house or two doors next to their house. And, and I, I include myself in that. I don't know the name of my name. I know my neighbors directly next to me, but I don't know two doors down. And and once right. we start building those communities and we start having these conversations where we're like, hey, um, by the way, who do you have for your insurance? Do you like it? And uh, most people don't have to use it. And when you finally do use it, that's how you find out how bad it is. So right. I definitely want to um, encourage building up communities. Uh, go ahead, Lance. Yeah, no, yeah. But the only other thing you talk about, it's not just the hypocrisy of Democrats, let's say, uh, in terms of like how bad they are. And this is why you were so emotional on your, uh, on your, uh, you know, your podcast earlier, because I'm, I'm heartbroken too, because Bush 41 tried to do NAFTA, couldn't do it. It was Clinton. Bush 43 did the surveillance and drone strikes. Obama expanded it exponentially, went after more journalists with the Espionage Act than anyone. So it's always this good cop, bad cop. And so the other thing is from 1954, 54 to 94, unbroken string of Democratic control with and the 60, from 60 to 68 was Democratic, powerful president, JFK, LBJ. Okay. Uh, and during the Reagan administration, he had zero, zero legislation, not a post office got passed, named, 
without Democrats, Reagan didn't have total control because of that unbroken string of Democrats. The Democrats aren't just more hypocritical. We're, I think people are finally realizing they're pulling the curtain back and seeing that the wizard ain't nothing is because they're worse. They're actually worse in terms of a lot of these things. They're not just like, oh boy, you know, the lesser of two evils. Sometimes I said this jokingly, because we're going to not get scrutiny. And I said this before Biden got elected, just like we did with Obama. Nope, hands off. Can't criticize the black president. They even said this out loud, the quiet part. All right, and then sure enough, now we got Biden. Nope, he's the old man. He, I swear to God, we're going to have pictures of him in the rocking chair, like in, uh, what is that, with the dear leader, you know? I mean, you know, maybe he's a hologram at this point. They've got it advanced. I mean, come on. You know, and so they're not just like more hypocritical, not following through with their platform. Yeah, that too. But they're actually worse if you look at the actual policies, you know. Well, the good news is Biden only has 23 percent approval rating. Most of the country know it. Only 13 percent of the country trust the Democratic Party, if you look at the stats. So most Americans already know this. Now, what are we going to do with that after they know? We're going to yeah, laugh yeah, but it won't, be, it won't be the working families and the Green Party and the DSA, maybe the uh, uh, socialist alternative, because anything Kashama Savant mentions, she's got 100% credibility. So maybe the socialist alter alternative is different. You know, they must be good if she supports it. But it's not going to be the third parties and fourth parties and fifth parties that we have, whether it's libertarian and green and, uh, you know, because they're all they're all they're all junk as parties well, um, i'm not i'm not saying I'm like sorry. i said i would vote i would vote for a dsa or a green party i don't think i could vote for a libertarian because of some of the wacky economic stuff but no i mean you know i would absolutely you know i mean i'd vote for a republican i have you know if they're like the only and if they're the best choice uh like i did for a county executive in my town but no but no i would totally vote for dsa and green it's not about that but no it's not going to happen they're not going to take over any state governments at least they haven't in 50 years you know, the far right well, has. Obama had the majority of the House, Senate, and the presidency in 2009. They promised us universal health care. That's why he got elected, because it's wildly popular. And they yep. gave us Romney care instead. And I think right. people know, though. So I think people know how bad the Democrats suck. We should keep telling them. But I don't know. I think it's point. the point now is to rally people and, and to get them together and to build the stuff so that we can get stuff done. But but again, that's right. That's right. Again, I just I just want to add. If I just it's not, add is, it, really is it all those parties or is it independence? Because it ain't. I just I, somebody. In other words, well, agree or disagree. Working families, Green Party, uh, Democratic Socialist, all those. It, it, none of those are worth a darn. I don't think so. That's why I think being an anti-ism well, is the way to go. Well, I will just add that on the local level, the Green Party has actually done pretty well. In fact, I actually have a gentleman coming on uh, in two weeks. Uh, he just won the mayor race in Illinois as a Green Party candidate. And I'm going to continue to bring, I think we need to focus also more so on local politics as well. I think that's where we're going to get these big wins in terms of electoral politics. Um, and the media doesn't focus as much on local politics. They focus more so on uh, the uh, politics at the national level, right? But I think I want to keep highlighting these individuals because I want people to see that when it comes to the local level, third party candidates and independent candidates are actually winning. And Shama Sawan yep. is a great example of that. She's probably the most popular one at this point. But there are other people that a lot of people have not heard about that have also won on the local level.
But there's some small states could be taken over, like the hippies took over Vermont. You could take over, I don't know about Wyoming, but West Virginia with an independent. You're not going to do it with Greens and Socialists. Even if it was the same exact policy, but you said independent, you could, there's a lot of purple in, uh, in blue in, in West Virginia. It's not that long ago that they, these are Sanders-type people. But you got to get a part. You can't get past the labels. you got to be independents. I just firmly believe that. That's a good Somebody point, tell me too. I'm wrong. That, that's that's a good point, too. Uh, thank you so much for calling in, Lance. I do want to go to uh, Eric. Eric, I'm going to go ahead and make you the next caller. You're on the mic. Hey, Savvy. How you doing? Hey, Eric. How are you? Good, good. A long time. I haven't been able to speak to you because my calling app was not working, so I had to reinstall it today. <laughs> Welcome to it. the club. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I, I wanted to go back to the, the initial uh, question that you had or, you know, the comment regarding Nina, because I do think it's important uh, that we recognize strategically that she didn't just do this. She's been waiting for a moment to take a, a hit against Jimmy Dore, who case study QB rightfully said he is one of our leaders in the left ecosystem. Uh, and I And I do believe, you know, as you stated, he has platform, not only you, who you two are a leader within this ecosystem, but many others. And he's been doing it consistently because of that. You know, I definitely believe more of what Jimmy has to say because of his actions, not his words. Uh, Nina Turner, conversely, has said a lot and has done very little. And I want you to think about that. She has said a lot. And because of her words being so loud and so passionate, we believed that she was going to be a good leader. But when uh, the, the, the rubber met, met the road, she was not there. She has basically proven that she's not a leader on the left. She's just another Democrat. So consider that. Conversely, Jimmy, who is very passionate, he has put his neck out there. He has said some things that sometimes ruffles some feathers. But ultimately, he is on the right side. And like you say, Savvy, consistently you stated uh, for the last couple of years that I've listened to you, we don't do a good job rallying our troops, the wagons around the people that we should be caring for, like Jimmy Dore. And we consistently put these little <clears throat> asterisks, you know, like today, one of your speakers said, well, he has said some things that may have offended somebody. Well, F you and get a life. Don't be a snowflake. He's not going to say everything correctly every time. You know what I mean? Consider the big picture of what Jimmy does for us in the left before you start to put anything against them, consider that uh, because that's what the GOP does really well. They get behind the troops. They don't go after their own people unless they really have to. And conversely, us on the left, we continually have these asterisks. Well, this person's great, but he's not so good here. How about you shut the fuck up and, and, and be strategic about what you're going to say about people on the left before you say anything about them because we're so small. And our leaders like Jimmy, who do put their neck out there, uh, they're paving the way for the rest of us. And he's not going to be perfect. That's okay. Uh, but let's be, let's get behind him. Let's not just like, you know, try to have these, uh, uh, these little tests that we come up with because they're completely BS. And I'm not behind those uh, BS tests because I'm, I'm imperfectly perfect for who I am today. And it's taken me this long to be who I am. You know, and, and I've made many mistakes. I'm going to make more mistakes because of those mistakes that I made. I can look at other people and say, hey, you know what? I got to give this guy a chance. He's on my side. I'm listening. I'm, I'm, I'm not only listening, but I'm paying attention to what he's doing and not just his words. And that's important. Savvy. 
That's a good point, Eric. Thank you so much for that. Um, I do want to say too, in reference to people saying things that have offended other people, I can't think of one podcaster on the left in independent media that hasn't said something at some point or another that hasn't offended people. I can't think of one. And so I think that, I think there's a difference here. Uh, what is the difference? Jimmy Dore is telling people that the two-party system is a problem. Are those other people telling people that? You see the difference? Yeah. And and there's more, you know, there's things that he, that he does that I'm not going to agree with. That's okay. You know, I'm not going to agree with everybody. I don't even agree with everything that my family or my wife or anybody says. And that's just part of what it is. But we need to get behind those leaders and we need to support them. Uh, and I think that's where we falter a lot of the time on the left. Our, our ecosystem is tiny. You know, I want you to consider this too. What she did, what Nina did, will resonate with a lot of people who ha- who give her credence. Not us, not the group that's listening to you right here, Savvy, but many others will give her credence. And that adds to the stigma that people have been putting on Jimmy Dore. And that aggregates to people's minds when they when they filter what he says. And that's where it strategically is bad for us because he's speaking for us. And Nina's not speaking for us. She's doing it for the status quo. And she's basically, you know, uh, completely revealed that over the last several months. Uh, I can't remember which one of the callers. Many of the callers before me said a lot of great points, uh, but she missed her opportunity. She missed her chance to become something greater. Uh, we had so much hope with her, uh, and she's lost all of that. You know, completely, she did that herself. Uh, instead of going after Jimmy, she could have went after uh, Biden. She could have went after the Democratic Party for what they've done to her uh, during the last two elections that completely That's right. after, right? So think about that. How much more credibility would she have? Has she stood up to them? And when she had the mic at, uh, during her last loss, and she would have said, hey, you know what? I'm leaving the Democratic Party. I'm going to jo- I'm going to become independent. I'm going to go join Kashama Sawant in Seattle, Washington, because she's on point. Imagine how much more power that would have had. But instead, what did she do? She gave us all this BS yep. trying to appease the Democrats. And that's what she's doing right now in this moment. She's lost her opportunity. So let's not forget would- that. Yeah, so I would say after her seeing what the Democrats did to Bernie Sanders twice in a row, why even run through the same party? That's correct. A hundred percent. That that's my take on that. And like I said, I had criticisms about her campaign. I was very vocal about that. <clears throat> Those of us at RBM were very vocal about that as well as others as well. Uh, but I will say this, you know, I don't like the cheap shots. I really don't like it. And I felt like that hand that she played, what was really also upsetting to me is the number of people who liked that, who liked that tweet. And I'm just like, do you guys not see what's going on? Or do you, do you see what's going on? But because you don't like Jimmy Dore, you're just going to go along and like Nina's tweets. Like, I got to tell you, I used to be like a Nina stan. Like, me and JB have talked about this. Like, we loved Nina Turner. Like, you got to understand. So it's just like, I never in my life would have imagined that she would have done this. Never would have imagined it. So for me, it's it's really upsetting. It's disappointing. I know there are people who disagree with me. 
there are people who, you know, they're, they're going to hear this. I know I'm going to see some comments tomorrow and they're not going to like the fact that, oh, how dare you disagree with a black woman? Uh, we are not, again, I want to say this, we are not a monolith. Black people are not a monolith. And I think that people need to stop assuming that because one black woman feels some way that all of us feel that way. And I think what Nina Turner did in this case in particular, I felt like it was a cheap shot. I felt like it was dirty and it was underhanded and it was uncalled for. This was not the time for you to try to say, oh, anti-black because you retweeted me, you disagreed with me. No, anyone can disagree with you. Okay, so what's the case, right? So someone sent me something right before I went live and they said, Brianna Joy Gray, check out what she said on Rising. And they sent it to me. So is Nina Turner going to say that Brianna Joy Gray is also anti-black? Is she going to say that Brianna Joy Gray is a right winger? No, she's not. So what is it really about? Yeah, it, it is you know, basically being with the status quo is what it is and not being with the folks that uh, thought that they were with her, including myself. I mean, I actually believe that Nina could be uh, one of the front running leaders uh, in, on the left uh, all the way up to you know a, couple, a year and a half ago. Uh, and then she completely changed. And, and again, you know, I think we had a lot of hopes of people like yourself and mine on, on Nina. And now we see that it's not it's not there. Uh, we literally don't have many leaders, you know, I mean, Kashama Sawan is probably one of the few that's actually out there who's actually in office and actually uh, walking the walk. She's beautifully, strategically, one of the best politicians that we currently have in the current times that we live in, uh, who has- But you notice the difference with her, right? Oh, the yeah. difference with Shama Sawan is that she came from the movement. She yeah. didn't even want to be a politician. She came from a Marxist organization that was already doing the work on the ground and they choose who they think should run. And that's very different. They, she was not someone who wanted to be a career politician. And I think that makes all the difference. So I think that's why she's been able to accomplish what she did because she came from the ground as an activist first. And we can say the same thing about Cori Bush too, right? Because she came out of the Ferguson riots, but then she went to the Democratic Party. Yeah, yeah, that's the difference. And, and, and lastly, you know, I want to say something, you know, because I, I, I always tell you this, that I, that I really want to have, I, I want RBN to get out there and do more public presentations so that your message could be heard by many others. Uh, you know, I recently went to like a, a kid's uh, little birthday party uh, for my friends, uh, family, and I was just standing there kind of listening to what, what the folks were saying. And I kid you not, I mean, it's all coming from the, the mainstream media. They're, they're almost without a doubt, everybody that was talking about politics and the current events, everything that they say is slanted coming from the mainstream media. And, and these, these guys are like, you know, they were kind of younger people there too, but it just goes to show you how small we are. And that's why we need RPN's message to get out there to a much bigger audience. Because if we do that, I think we, we uh, stand the chance of really making a big impact uh, to, to the rest of the population because the message is so clear, so honest, uh, and it's unfiltered by, you know, capitalist uh, ideas. It's really about, you know, how do we take care of each other? 
how do we embedder one another as human beings and not, you know, money? Uh, it's none of that. And that's what I love about you guys, RBN and, and the whole crew. And that's what we need. It's actually food to feed our souls and our brains. And I believe, and I continue to tell you the savvy that if you guys get the message out there and people hear you, people just fall in love with what you talk about, you know? So I just want to end it there. Thank you. Um, thank you so much, Eric. Can I respond to something just really quick that Eric had mentioned? Sure, go ahead. Um, I, I agree with you 100% about getting behind people. There's plenty that Jimmy says and has done that supports. When he attacked me personally on his show and allowed me to be smeared on his show, that's me personally. I'm an individual. An organization did that to me. I have a right, no matter how big his platform is or how left he's been, to defend myself as a human being. But I'm not canceling people that has Jimmy Dore on. You know, Sabby had Jimmy Dore on after all the stuff went down. I didn't cancel Sabby. I still came on, you know, the women's panel. I still talk with Sabby. I still organize with people that support Jimmy Dore. I'm not canceling them. I'm not asking people to cancel him. But I do think it's okay to hold accountability in spaces, even for our leaders, even for our, when I came out against AOC and, and those leaders for doing what they did, I caught all kinds of heat because I used to be her press director, right? I used to work for brand new Congress and Justice Democrats, but I held them to account. I There's plenty that Jimmy has done that I respect. The things that he has, and it's okay to have criticism for this. I'm not asking to cancel him, but I think that we should be able to have those discussions without canceling each other or without calling each other idiots, especially in a case when, with my case, it was personal. What happened to me as a worker and a person, I have a right to defend that without being canceled on the left or shamed for just defending myself on what this person who has a million person platform said about me. And that's just, you know, we need to be human beings with each other. And I'm not asking anyone to cancel him. He's done some great work. I love that he fights to do awfully. I love that he supports Medicare for all. You know, I have nuance. I understand that. And like I said, I'm not asking anyone to stop watching him. But I'm also going to be honest about what he said about me personally and how I feel about that. And I think that's okay. And I think that's okay to keep space for all of ourselves when we have different opinions about nuance about things. Well, you know what? I apologize if, if what I said offended you. I, 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 I realize now what you're talking about. You didn't with, offend uh, me, Eric. The oh. folks and that guy. And, and I apologize. I didn't realize till just now till you said this. So I apologize that this was personal to you. It, and I think you do have a right to speak up, you know, if somebody does come after you personally, uh, regardless of who they are. So I apologize. I, I just realized who you are once you started, you know, kind of go into that. Oh, all I, I the love, that. Eric. I didn't take it that way. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, no, I completely agree. You know, that's that's something that I don't agree with Jimmy on because I think, you know, a lot has been said on this MPP. At the beginning, you know, I, I go back, there was there's a speaker or a person, She, I think her name is Renee, uh, that she was an MPP in, in early, I think that's her name from New York somewhere. And, and she came on like last year, you know, speaking out you know, and she made some 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 really good she has some good information over a year ago about mpp i didn't believe her at first uh you know and i was kind of saying i was on a chat saying hey you know give these guys a chance but as time went on uh, this person renee i think that's her name i apologize if that's not her name but uh, uh, renee out of new york uh, uh this gal and so 
but she was right. She was right, you know. And and I I remember coming on to another chat and apologize and saying, hey, you know, I apologize. Renee was right uh, about what she was saying about MPP, and and, and it's come to fruition. Uh, and hopefully Jimmy will realize, you know, what's going on there too, because I do think that so much has happened that I think it's undeniable. There's something wrong with what's going on with those guys. Uh, and, and I apologize to you again. You know, I, I think you do have a right to speak when somebody comes after you and now understanding the context of what happened, I apologize. No <laughs> need to apologize. I was just saying that, you know, I, I, I'm holding space for you and, you know, your criticisms and what you have to say and thinking about it. And, you know, Eric, I'm not going to cancel you. You're not going to cancel me. Like that's sort of what it's all about. We can all come together. Just like you were saying, you made a really good point about coming together. Thank you so much. And thank you, Savvy. You know, for letting us, you know, have these calling uh, sessions with you. I, I, again, I just want more people to hear RPN and, and hear your message. I, I, you know, regularly I'm speaking to people using RPN's messages uh, all the time, you know, on a regular basis. So I just want to hear you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Eric. All right. I'm going to bring in Patrick. You are the next caller. What's your take on all of this? Patrick, just have to hit the unmute button. Patrick, are you still there? Okay. I don't know. Maybe Patrick, um, I don't know. I'm going to go to the next person, which is uh, Desiree. Patrick, if you come back in, I'll just make you a speaker. Uh, Desiree, you are next. You just have to unmute. Just got to hit the unmute button at the bottom. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, Zabby. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I just wanted to say, sweetheart, that I, you know, got a chance to watch your show earlier, and I see you were having a little bit of a meltdown because of all this stuff that's going on with Jimmy and Nina, which I think is ridiculous, because, you know, that situation, if she had an issue with him, you know, she knows his number. She could have gone to him personally and aired that out instead of going to Twitter or anywhere like that to, you know, air any grievances. However, um, I kind of fell out of love with Nina Turner a while ago because I'm in Ohio, I'm in her district, and, you know, I'm a part of a small organization where, you know, we believe in um, fighting for reparations for those that are um, American descendants of slaves. And you know, our organization has reached out to her quite a few different times to, you know, sit down, meet with us and discuss, you know, certain policy things that we felt that would be good for, you know, the community as a whole. And each time we were, you know, brushed off. That was one thing that just kind of didn't set well with me. And another thing that didn't set well with me was when um, we had the Juneteenth uh, parade. And, you know, we have the Nina Turner van out, but no Nina Turner. And it's like, you know, that's something that you should be a part of, 
especially when it comes to, you know, um, how disenfranchised Cleveland and the Akron area is. And you're not, you're not out there with your face, you know, showing solidarity for, you know, Juneteenth. And it's like, wow, that was another thing that just kind of put me off to her. But I just could not, you know, get my head wrapped around the fact that here, this woman that I'm looking up to and, you know, she's a face that which I want my daughter, I want my sons to look up to and to, you know, have those things kind of shatter. For me, it's like, wow, it, it just hurt. And with the situation that happened within the past few days with what happened on Twitter, that just kind of just put me over the edge, just completely turned me off to her because like there's other ways to address things, other ways to address grievances without having to, you know, go to a very public platform like Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or, you know, whatever is out there to say like, hey, I don't necessarily agree with this or I'm, you know, I'm of the sound mind to believe that, you know, this could have been, this whole situation could have been avoided. And unfortunately it wasn't. And Does for anybody- Oh, go ahead and I'll ask you a question. Okay. Um, I just felt that it was unfortunate that you were dragged into the situation that had one, nothing to do with you, but two, I'm glad that you did speak up and say that, hey, I'm not of the same mind as Nina Turner, because guess what? Not all black women, not all black men, we all think alike. We don't always don't have the same group think. And that goes across the board in any, you know, race of people. So go ahead, Sabby. Thank you so much for saying that, Desiree. Um, I have a question, like, when you saw that interaction on Twitter, like, did it make you feel some kind of way? Like, cause it I, made I just me feel some type of way. <laughs> See, you know where I'm coming from. Like, I was just like, oh, I was it like, this felt, is different. It felt grimy. It felt grimy. It felt like it was in the gutter. It felt so disingenuous because I've watched Jimmy Dore when he was on TYT and I've watched how that situation unfolded. I've also been a fan of Jimmy Dore's for a while now. Not once have I ever seen anything to my knowledge where he said anything that was remotely, remotely racist. And the fact that she's coming out of mouth and putting, trying to put words in his mouth it's like, wow, you know, um, if you have if you have an issue, like I said before, you have his number, you have his contact, you can always go to him, be woman to be be a woman, go to that man and address that grievance. And she didn't do that. It was almost like um watching, see, look at me, look at me, I'm the victim here. He's victimizing me. No, sweetheart, he's not victimizing you. What he is is making an actual legit critique about what you should have done or what you could have done that would have, um, especially because, like I said, I live here in her district. If she probably would have ran as an independent, it may it may have made a difference. 
But I think she's in the same mindset as Bernie Sanders, where she didn't want to get burned like Ralph Nader. However, you still got burned both times that you ran. So I don't know where her mind is. And I, like I said, I just really didn't appreciate what she had put on Twitter because, like I said, I want my children to be able to have somebody to look up to, somebody that they can see themselves in. And to have that just kind of, it just, I don't want to say it broke me, but it just, I'm just highly disappointed. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I felt highly disappointed. I feel the same way. I feel the same way. Yeah. It just made me feel like, like you said, like grimy. It made me feel like cruddy and like, like I told you guys, I wasn't even going to talk about this tonight. I really wasn't. Right. But like, I got so many, so many people contacted me like, well, do you feel the same way? You know, Jimmy right. Dore. But, it, but you, you, just because you know, somebody doesn't mean that you're going to um, necessarily um, know what's going on in their head or know what's going on in their heart. The fact of the matter is, is that, yes, you may know him, but the fact of the matter is he's a grown man that I think that he could speak for himself at any given point in time, especially if he feels that he's been wronged, which in this case, he's been wronged. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I think I just, oh my God. It, the whole thing is a, is a train wreck to say the very least. It's embarrassing. And you know what? Yeah. You know who's looking back and laughing at us? People who are not a part of the left. Like right. they're looking at us, especially people on the right. They're like, wow. <laughs> the left is like, has completely fallen apart. They don't have their shit together. Like, right. no right. wonder they're not getting anywhere. It's not getting anywhere because you have const- constantly have people that are, like you said before, um, you have people saying, well, you're an idiot, you're stupid because you don't want to go par- be a part of the group think. No, it's not that I, it, it has nothing to do with group think. It has everything to do with the fact that I should be able to critically think about what it is that I'm doing, what it is that I'm getting myself into before I actually sign up to do any of this, to mess with you. And that's where I feel like a lot of people have um, like fallen short. It's like you want to run and be on the bandwagon, but you don't even understand what you're signing up for. That's right. And I've actually talked to, like, when it was a 2020 election, I actually talked to a woman that was probably old enough to be my mother. And she's like, oh, I'm going to vote for Joe Biden because Joe Biden, you know, he was, um, he was Obama's vice president. I'm like, yeah, he was his vice president, but what did they do for the black community as a whole? What have they actually done that was significant? You have Jim Crow Joe riding on Barack Obama's coattails. What have they actually done for any of the the disenfranchised communities? They've done nothing. Exactly. And I And you're going to sit here Yeah. But I send that same question to people. And they have no answers. Like nothing has been done. It's like, and that was the the same sentiment I got from a lot of people too, was that, oh, he was Obama's VP. And I'm like, so? And it's like, so are you going to think beyond Obama's VP? What has he done as VP? Can you tell me? Can you give me, list me 
anything that he's done as VP. And if the answer to that is, well, he's just Obama's VP, then you really haven't done your homework. You're just putting your name beside the D because you think that that's your winning party. That's your winning ticket. And it goes beyond that. And also, they don't really know about who Obama really was either. Oh, God. But, uh, no. but Desiree, thank you so much for calling. I'm going to go to the next caller, which is All right, Amelia. Thank you too. All right, Amelia, you are the next caller. You just have to unmute. Okay. Am I unmuted? I can hear you. Oh, good. Great. <laughs> All right. Aloha from Hawaii again. Okay. So, um, two, like, I guess, cause statement comments with regards to everything, and you were eloquently um, having your moment of frustration earlier on your show, the tribalism that's going on. And I was uh, thinking about uh, what Roger Meadows said and other people said, and then looking up on these various topics, and um, I was wondering your thoughts on uh, direct democracy. Uh, Switzerland does it. They've been doing it for 120 years on the municipality level and basically their version of county level there. Uh, they do have politicians at the federal level, but below that they don't. So people basically vote on, do you want a schoolhouse? Do you want a road over there? Do you want this? Do you want that? They just basically vote on the policies all the time there. And I was thinking like, can we do something like that here in America? Like start at the ground level and start working our way up and working with people to make it happen. Like what, like, I just think that like, as you state over and over again, the, the politicians, they really do need to go. And then the other thought statement comment I had was, um, and, and you speak to this frustration too. I have unfortunately two parents that are seeing and watching boomers. Boy, have they been brainwashed. And it can be difficult at times to talk to them. So, but I have noticed you are very effective at pushing back on people. So if you could like give us some tips for the rest of us, like how to effectively <laughs> go, you know, gently kind of push back. <laughs> you know, especially with our family members. <laughs> um, that would be really great because there is times I'm just so frustrated with them. Like I try to tell them facts and stuff and they just tell me the CNN talking points and I'm like, eh, no, that's not the truth. Here's the truth and I'll give you the article and everything. The only time my dad will actually read one is if it's by Matt Taibbi. All the other ones he'll ignore. Um, <laughs> but anything along those lines, but I want to hear your thoughts on direct democracy, maybe like having some sort of, I don't know, show or summon on it or something. Cause it, 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 it had, like I said, it, it's been, it's been going on for 120 years in Switzerland. So obviously it can be done. It's just a matter of, of uh, the will to do it. I would love to have direct democracy in this country. I think in order for that to happen, though, like Roger Meadows said, we would have to get rid of the parties. Yeah. I think that's a big uh, deterrent. I think that's a big uh, obstacle for us that's in the way. And I think that's a big part of the problem well, I, is we have like that two-party like division. 
But Switzerland is like a beast of its own, right? Like Switzerland has been known to, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this term, but people will say I'm Switzerland, which means you're neutral, right? So Switzerland typically does not get involved um, <clears throat> typically when it comes to conflict, right? Um, I also know that like Tina Turner moved to Switzerland. Like she left the U.S. and said, you know, F this place uh, and moved there. <laughs> And she became like an actual citizen of Switzerland, which is actually, that's one of the countries is actually really hard to become a citizen of. Like, yeah, they're more that. pretty strict about it. Yeah. But I would love to have that here. I think we need to get rid of the parties to do that. And then the other thing in reference to um, pushing back on people, I think I've had a lot of experience with that because I worked in education and I worked with faculty. Right. And I worked with senior faculty, so I had to learn, and I took like workshops for this actually as a part of my job. I took workshops that taught you how to push back without actually attacking the person right. and, and, and actually still having your voice heard in, in some way. Now, you will always still get some assholes that oh, yeah. will yeah. just cut you off and not let you finish and all that kind of thing. But one of the things that I've learned is to keep talking. Um, even when they cut you off. Um, but I, I have had practice with it and there are workshops that people can take for that online and some of them are free and some of them you have to pay for and they show you, they teach, they do teach you how to push back on people. And I think one of the ways of doing that, that I can tell you is that if someone says something that you disagree with, instead of like attacking them or instead of saying, well, I disagree, when you say you disagree with someone, you need to have examples of why you disagree. Yeah. And so, for example, someone like O'Connor, that's a politician, right? So politicians right. are used to, they're used to this. They're trained to how to handle these kind of questions. Right. I think that you have to, you have to present it in a way that, number one, hopefully forces them to answer your question, but at the same time shows them that you you don't agree with what they said. And also you're not happy with what they said, but you have to learn how to be firm and direct without being an ass basically. Yeah. And that's not easy to do. And that's something that I did have to learn. So right. I think definitely there's workshops for that. And I, I recommend like anybody who's having to deal with these issues, especially communication <laughs> issues, definitely if you can take those workshops because they show you how to do it. Um, but the most effective tool that you can use that costs no money to teach you how to push back on people is listening. Listen to what they say. Don't just like sit there and nod your head Make sure you're listening to what they're saying, because that is how you're going to be able to effectively push back on them. Uh, if you bring up, and this is, this was my beef with, with Nina Turner. Mm -hmm. It was very clear to me that in her response to Jimmy Dore, she really wasn't listening to what he was saying. Right. So that's why her pushback, that's why so many people like came after her, like on Twitter, it was just like, did you actually pay attention to what he said? So you yeah. can't take like this type of rage or anger that you have towards someone, if you have to push back on someone that you have anger towards, you kind of got to put that to the side. 
Because what will happen is you'll end up saying things that have nothing to do with the situation just because you're angry at them. And that's what happened. So I think, and then you lose your point. And then people are like, oh my God, like what, what is this now? Like what, what is she trying to say? And and you lose people. You really do, except for the people who either already dislike Jimmy Dore or the people who are Nina Stan still. And I think that in reality, outside of this space, what she did wouldn't have worked well. I'm just telling you that. Imagine if we were in the workplace environment and that happened. That wouldn't have worked well. No. Well, Twitter is a bit of a dumpster fire, but yeah. Yeah, it's just like, and and again, like, if this is someone that you know, and you have their phone number, why? I don't understand that on, like, on the left in this space. I don't understand why people do this. For example, imagine if me and Nick, you know, we're all part of RBN. Imagine if me and Nick had a disagreement, and I went back and forth with Nick on Twitter, instead of just picking up the phone saying, hey, Nick, let's talk. That sounds really ridiculous, right? Right. Yeah. So why do we do this on the left? Why yeah, does this happen? Was, yeah, she was definitely being a passive aggressive queen bee. So. Yeah. It's just <laughs> like I, I don't I don't like first of all, I'm not a fan of uh passive aggressive behavior. That is a really big turnoff for me. Yeah. Um, and I, I noticed that through some of those tweets, those responses, like I don't like that. I'm a very direct person, so I don't like this whole like passive aggressiveness. I don't like it. Yeah. I, I also feel like it's kind of condescending in a way. But I think that she went about this the wrong way. And honestly, like she just sounded like a Democrat to me. Yeah. Like she really did. Well, thank you for the tips on like on the pushback thing. I'll I'll definitely follow up on that because is man, it's frustrating with them. They are so propagandized. It's just like mind blowing. But it gives mm-hmm. me like a sense of how bad it is on CNN because admittedly, I ha- I really don't watch it, so I stay away from it. <laughs> and then um, on the direct democracy, I hear what you're saying and and the apprehension about it and everything. I get that, but I I think if though still if we if even if it's just ballot initiatives, if we just push more of that in general, and then with time get to more to that kind of system. And then also, I mean, I mean, I wish we had ballot initiatives here in the state of Hawaii, but we don't. But we do on the county level, good, bad, or indifferent. We don't have political parties running for county council and mayor. It's just right. a person. So, but right. sometimes they are Democrat because it's so heavily Dem here. But, but yeah, it's I just, hear you. Just, just a thought process of getting to un unpropagandize ourselves because like when the first time I heard it I was like yeah right like that could happen <laughs> so, but then thinking yep. about it and then just like going yeah you know what we actually do have the tech to be able to do it we do have the, the ability to be able to do it it's just having to get us used to the idea of it that's right I know I wish every state was a ballot initiative state I really do yeah. Because, I mean, like, I did experience that when I went to school in Arizona, the ballot initiatives in the open primaries, and it was great. Then they started reversing all of it, unfortunately, because other parties started getting in. As they started, more, more libertarians and greens were getting in, and, oh, they shut that down. 
<laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. But Amelia, thank you so much for calling in. I'm going to go yeah, to the next thank caller. You. All right. Take care. <laughs> you too. All right. Uh, Brady, you are the next caller. Just have to hit uh, unmute. Hello, ladies. Thank you so much for doing what you're doing. I'm going to keep it quick. And I thought it'd be fun to just expose uh, Nina Turner to some direct democracy. We got like 200 people here right now. We can just vote in the comments. Um, who do you think is more of a dangerous threat to black people, um, Nina Turner or Jimmy Dore? Simple as that. Um, and then, you know, I was going to come in here and be the contrarian Aquarian that I am. I was going to ask, you know, so we're all pretty much in agreement. It looks like we all kind of agree who the bad guys are, what we need to do. And so I was going to ask, what are we doing? What are we going to do? How? We, what are we going to build to get stuff done? And right before I was going to come on, Sabrina came in with a bunch of a brilliant solution, which was talking about how to mitigate um, kind of psychopathy and mitigate maybe a verbal bully um, with some psychological techniques. And I'm not a psychologist, but I date a lot of psychologists. And so um, she had a great point with just listening to them, like actually listening to their points and really understanding where they're coming from is really useful. Um, meeting them on their level is something that I've done. They're being really vulgar. They're just being nasty and all that kind of stuff. If you're kind of nasty and vulgar with them back, they kind of respect that. And believe it or not, they will actually respect it. It's, it's, it's a weird thing, but it works. And then another thing that Sabrina was talking about was non-conforming behavior, which is where someone says something um, maybe a little emotionally explosive to you, and you, instead of reacting the way they expect you to react, you react in the opposite way or in, in a different way. So if someone's trying to upset you, instead of getting upset, you know, you say, okay, yeah, you just keep a light, you keep the tone light and happy. And it really throws them off and it causes them to go into a state of listening and curiosity. And so I think if we were to just, uh, I had another good idea is just to invite someone who disagrees with you to dinner. You know, it's something we can all do. It doesn't cost much, a couple of I mean, extra 10 bucks or whatever. But man, if you can find someone who really disagrees with you and just invite them to dinner one night, I guarantee you it's one of the best ways to change someone's mind. Just give them some good food. And that's just one extra idea I had. And at the very end, we can we can vote one more time if we want on um, who do you think is more beneficial to black people? Is it Nina Turner with her position or Jimmy Dore with his podcast? And I just want to make some room to get to King Roger. I'll pass the mic at that. All good points, Brady. Um, yeah, I think like. Here's the thing, like when you come after someone, they're expecting you to respond in an aggressive way. They're expecting you to be that way, right? What would I have done differently? Well, first of all, my tweet wouldn't have been the same as Nina Turner's, but let's pretend that it was. If I had received that response from Jimmy Dore, my response would have been, interesting, maybe we should get together and talk about it. You see how you flip that? Instead of, Oh, uh, you're anti-black and da, da 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 Like, nah, like my response would have been like, maybe we should get together and have this discussion. Then you put the ball back in their court. That's a different way of handling it. And I think she doesn't want to have that discussion. 
you know i think it's just it's it's really sad <laughs> it's really, like like really like i'm looking at this and i was just like i can't believe that this is it, it went this way and she was still tweeting about it even today so to me it's just you have to get to a point where you stop blaming other people for the reason why things went the way that they went um so i that's my take on that and I'm going to bring in uh, Roger. I think you are. Yep. You just have to unmute. Uh, okay. So let me just read this real quick because I just typed it out real quick. First, I would like to welcome everyone to the House of Abolish All Political Parties. Eventually, I knew people were going to come here. I just had to make my argument and I had to make it strong and let uh, uh, life and watch these clowns act out the way they do be the experience. We are a movement that is growing. The language to adopt as the price of admission to this is dropping the criticism of saying, the language saying, the two-party system is blah, 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 blah. That is code for you want more parties when you criticize the two-party system. The language to adopt is to call it, no, not the two-party system, the party system. Okay? Because when I hear people say, oh, the two-party system, that means you want more parties. Now, I believe it was Daryl that said he knew some other country that had uh, 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 multiple parties and they had tribalism. And it, all it did was cause more division. So that kind of proves my point right there. I have a real life example of what life is like without a party and after a party gets involved. The school boards out here in Long Island in Suffolk County for decades were nonpartisan election school boards who talked about things like, I don't know, the school budget and other things that are school related. It was very, you know, it was a low turnout. They're low turnout elections. They're boring. They're mundane. You know, it's regular bureaucratic stuff. Now, because Republicans are on a tear, as their red wave was not just in Virginia and New Jersey last year, but everyone forgets there was also a red wave out here in Long Island. So much that my congresswoman, okay, um, Kathleen Rice, if you remember her, she was the one that got chosen over AOC to be in some committee. And then AOC was, you know, the press caught up with her when she was trying to get into the elevator and she was blaming it on Republicans. Um, yeah, that was my congresswoman. The, the same one where we had protested at her office because she did not want to, um, she wanted to do something with, with salt. She wanted to bring salt back and she refused to, there was like some bill she was blocking that would allow for Medicaid and negotiate for lower drug prices or whatever. Anyway, she got scared and she's quitting. And the people that are replacing her are, are mundane as well. Okay. But so because of that, she's seeing this, that GOP wave or whatever, right? So the GOP are now getting involved in the school board elections now with their pushback on mandates as it relates to COVID. Um, the pushback on critical race theory, despite the fact that that's taught in, in college as a college course. Now, the whole thing has been politicized. Okay, so 
I just I'm about to um, send a, a tweet out to you regarding the article. I want everybody to 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 read it, Savage. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna send it to you, and it's 12 screenshots of the article because it was behind the paywall, so I couldn't send the link um, from the Long Island Newsday. Everyone, go to check Sabrina's Twitter account, okay, um, to read it. Also, if you want to abolish parties, we can do it partially by doing this. Out of the 24 states that allow for ballot initiatives, 18 of them allow you to use that process to amend your state constitution. If, you, if we push the ballot initiative that abolished political parties at every level of government in all 18 of those states, all the way up to the federal government, if we did that, you would break the Senate and Congress in half because now you got a bunch of senators and Congress people out there that don't have to go along with some type of party thing. You'd have 36 U.S. senators that are not affiliated with, with anybody, okay? They, they can be more um, in, you know, like, they don't have to go along to get along pretty much, okay? Um, so, yeah, so there's that. Also, I just want to, I just want to um, pull people back from making the same mistake again, where we we did it with Bernie, we did it with Nina, and it seems like we're doing it with um, Jimmy Dore. I had a, I heard a few people say Jimmy Dore is a leader um, in this space and blah blah blah. No, Jimmy Dore is a media commentator. Okay, he reports on the news. That's he reports on the news. He he's more of an informer. I wouldn't call him a leader. Okay, you know who the leader is? The person that you see in the mirror. Okay, we're all leaders. We're not supposed to follow him. He and other commentators on YouTube are supposed to follow us. Okay, you want a leader? Look in the mirror. Okay, we got to stop using, we have to stop thinking hierarchical and think horizontal. And what I mean by that is hierarchical would be something like charity, while horizontalism is something like mutual aid. Horizontalism is corporate. I mean, sorry. <clears throat> Um, hierarchical is corporate. Horizontal is worker co-ops. Okay. Hierarchical is, um, what's that other? Th oh, oh, representative democracy that we put, we elect a human being to get into that seat to hope that they do what they're supposed to do. Horizontalism is direct democracy using the ballot initiative process. Okay. So yeah, no, there's, there's no leaders here. Um, I appreciate the compliment. Ain't nobody's king. I'm just me. <laughs> okay. And I just do the damn thing. I want everybody else to do the damn thing, you know, in a, in a horizontal space, whether it's a cooperative, a mutual aid or a ballot initiative, everyone play their position. And we, we, we are supposed to be, you know, cause the thing is when you have that hierarchical thing, then the enemy just chops the head off the leader. They did it with King. They did it with Malcolm X. They did it to Fred Hampton. Did, like, that's an easy target. You make someone a leader. Oh, just go after them. You know, they did with Bernie Sanders, you can say. You know what I'm saying? Just chop the head off and the whole body will fall. But when we act in a horizontal way, we were more like, I'd rather us be more like piranhas, a school of piranhas, instead of going up against a megalodon which is a prehistoric great white shark that's three times bigger than a modern great white shark. Instead of us getting our own megalodon to fight against it, no, we are piranha 
and we bite and take chunks out of that corporate and political party system. That Megalodon may be able to get some of us, but he ain't going to be able to get all of us biting and tearing his ass up. Okay? So, um, you know, like, we're, we're like killer bees. Okay? But we serve the queen. And you know what the queen is? The queen is the policies. Okay? We don't, we're all working in concert together. Okay? Um, like I said, whatever's going on down there at that table down there where they throwing fists and throwing frying pans or whatever and food fighting or whatever, okay, yeah, that's them. But we here, we're doing this work. Okay? That's how we got to get down. Okay? I, I really don't even care. Like I already said, I really don't even care about big personalities. Okay? You know, look, at the end of the day, Jimmy Dore is a millionaire. Okay? I'm not no millionaire. If anything, if it, I'm glad he's, I'm glad that he wants all of these, these, these um, universal policies. But at the end of the day, he's going to be in a better position than us. We, we freaking broke, <laughs> okay? We're we're broke, you know. Nina Turner's a politician, so you know, like she she got some type of connections. But the rest of us, we regular people in here, okay? So we got to look out for each other, you know, like. I mean, I haven't seen a battle like this since Nas and freaking Jay Z back in twenty years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck, man? Holy shit! You know what I'm saying? You're gonna come out with ether and 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 you know, uh, super ugly and whatnot. I was like, what the hell is this? We ain't got no yeah. Time. No, you're right. I remember that Nas and Jay Z like conflict no you're right like this is a good point that you brought that up roger is the horizontal organization that's something that we're about at rbn a socialist alternative is that way too marxist organization is horizontal like yeah like you're right every time there's a leader they can just chop the head off the leader and the whole movement falls Mm mm-hmm yeah you know what i mean so you so your your specialty is is mutual aid Mines is worker cooperatives. Become a member of the United States Federation of Worker Cooperatives. My also thing is ballot initiatives. Become a member of the Ballot Initiative Strategy Center. My other thing is Public Banking Institute. Become a member of that too. You know, and and you know, other people's wheelhouse might be um, affordable housing. You know, I'm pretty sure that's Rome and, and Lady Laney Petersons of, of uh, Hardlands Media. You know what I mean, like. You can be for all these things, but you have to ask yourself, what are your, what are the top three things that is your wheelhouse? You know what I mean? And, and my top is those three. Right below that is healthcare, and you know, and 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 minimum wage, and you know, with those with with that with those crazy uh, uh, rent that 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 we did. Yep. You know what I mean? And 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 somewhere in there is is you know like. Uh, you know, reparations and and the other one, uh, um, qualified immunity, all that stuff. I'm support all that stuff, but you have to say, what three things do you prioritize the most? And stop looking at people who are of celebrity status to lead you to the promised land. No, mm. we, we lead each other to the promised land. Okay, okay. Um. I mean, I will I will at least say like you, Sabrina, and 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 Rome, you're one of the few that does the activist thing at the same time. You know what I mean? Um, I really don't see anybody else 
you know what I'm saying? And, you know, uh, in this space, actually like doing activism stuff. You know what I mean? Well, um, CJ, um, CJ has a mutual aid group in LA um, and Nick works with uh, Kansas City tenants. I know he's uh, trying to like partner with them. So he has things that he's doing there. We all have like our different things in our areas, okay. but I, I want to do even more, you know, like we want to start our own individual, right. or not individual, but our own like local chapters where we are so that we can do what Rome does for tour for the poor, but right. mainly just focusing on our own areas. Right. No, that's smart. Um, I, I just didn't know that. Cause like those guys like to put on like two and three hour shows in the middle of the day. I'm like, man, I ain't got time to be watching all this. <laughs> You know what I mean? So it's, you know what I mean? It's like, chop this shit up, man. Come on, let's go. You know what I'm saying? You know, just like you do with chopped salad, man. They just, bow. They do a show and they go, you got to watch it for three hours. So I was like, nah, <laughs> man. You got to, come on, man. You got to chop that up, man. Put that joint in 20 minute bits or something, B. Like, damn. I'll I turn on something. <laughs> I go, oh, wow. This is something interesting from RBN. I was like, hold on, what? Two and a half what hours? Oh, nah, I got, well, has got to go to Target. I gotta go to I gotta go to the supermarket, man. I gotta go shopping for moms. I gotta, you know, work. I'm like, I was like, nah, man, I can't do that. You know what I mean? But yeah, tell them to chop it up a bit. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, it's a little bit easier for me because like I don't do my own clips. Like, shout out to Eric, uh, Eric mm -hmm. Thomas, who is mm -hmm. actually in the chat. Eric does all the clips like for my channel and that's been a huge help because before Eric jumped on, like I yeah, wasn't I doing any clips and Eric would be like, I think we should do clips. I was like, I don't feel like it. And Eric was like, <laughs> I could do the clips. And I was like, okay. Cause it, it takes time. It really does. I and I was just like, Oh God, I don't want to do these clips. I don't want to edit. <laughs> I, I know. I, you know look, I completely understand, but it also can help. Like for instance, what if I want to share a video and, 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 Someone says, oh, I'm not watching this three-hour shit. Oh, hell no. What you sending me these three-hour stuff for? But if I send them like a, a 15, 20-minute clip, you know, whatever the case is, oh, okay, I think I'll watch that. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, come on. No, ain't got time to be, you know, like watching all that. I mean, I'm pretty sure you're talking about some interesting things, but damn, bro. My you dad know? says that, too. My dad is like, damn, how do you talk for two hours? And I was like, well, it's not really me talking for two hours straight. I play videos. And he was like, no, I watched one stream where you talk for two hours. There was no videos. And there was articles. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I don't know. It, it, it just kind of, you get used to it after a while, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, oh now I remember what else I was going to say. So everyone forgot about why um, Jim Crow Joe was, what's his, was Obama's vice president. So let me remind everybody, and you could use this argument against people who say, oh, well, he was Joe Biden. I mean, he was Obama's vice president. Obama did not pick Joe Biden so he can get the black vote. He picked Joe Biden so that, and not even to get the white vote, but to get the white vote that's like, uh, I don't know about putting these N-words in office, blah, 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 blah. I don't feel good about, oh, Joe's with him? Oh, okay, Joe's one of us? Okay, yeah, I'll go with it. That's the reason why he chose Joe. That's right. He was supposed to win over the the uh, white moderates to Obama's side. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You know, or I like to say, you know, like some of the people that don't look at black people in the best light. 
Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but thank you so much, Roger. I'm going to go to the next car. I know Tim's been waiting for a while. Tim's no, probably like, damn it, Sabby. <laughs> damn it, Sabby. When am I going to be the next caller? I don't know why I said it like that, but what's up, Tim? <laughs> no, no English accent, though. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> Um, uh, I just wanted to uh, state my thoughts about this whole, I guess we can call it infighting on the left. Um, I think it's necessary because I think it shows who truly is on the left and who, who we should go, hey, let's maybe take a step back and take a look at this person again. Because uh, you know, I see like how what, what Nina did, instead of addressing, you know, instead of instead of arguing the disagreement that she had with with him about the 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 subject, she went straight to a personal attack. Which, to me, and in, in dealing with you know, I've debated people who are religious, and I am atheist, and every time when they get to a point where they have no comeback for what you've said, they turn to a personal attack and that reveals to me like, oh, okay, well, this is where we at with this person. They're just now gonna be dishonest because they can't come to recognize the truth that you've just presented them. So, and then I think this, this is revealing and this needs to happen in these spaces. Like people need to, to understand who is truly left and who is not. Like like Crystal and Sager and, and Kyle Kalinske. And I used to follow all of them and TYT. The old TYT is how I discovered Jimmy Dore. Like, I, I think we need to have these, keep having these conversations. And, and I think Jimmy does a great job. He's so hated by that class, I guess we can call them because they are, they are a certain class. He's so hated by that class that it reveals people who we don't expect to be on that team to go, oh shit, they're on that team, you know? And he's brought a lot of people, I would say out of the shadows in that sense. And I am grateful for Jimmy for that reason. You know, I, I do disagree with Jimmy about certain things, this whole MPP thing. I'm, I was, you know, all for MPP, and then I started hearing this other shit about it, and then, you know, about the sexual harassment stuff, and then you interviewed what's his name, and then he didn't come back with the receipts like he said he would, so I don't know what's going on there, but, <laughs> you know, I, I'm glad these these things are happening because it's it's bringing to light about who really is on the left and who is not and and people are starting to realize because i've had friends that you know were pissed off at me you know a year ago when i was going after aoc for voting for the cares act and 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 you know her vote on israel and the the, the dome or whatever like you know people i've lost friends because of you know pointing her hypocrisy out and, and pointing out that she's not on her side anymore, that she's, she's bought off, whatever it is. Like people want to say like, Oh, she, she's not taking corporate money or whatever. Well, you know what? The bitch can afford $200 haircuts. Now you think she wants to go back to being a waitress? Like, no, she likes her $200 haircuts. 
she wants to keep that life. She's gonna she's gonna do she's gonna, she's gonna secure her bag. So and she that's right. And I I I just I'll, I'll let you finish, but I just want to chime in here for just a second, and I just want to say something. Go ahead. Before AOC was a bartender, she also owned a startup, and a lot of people don't know about that. Uh, but she did. She owned a startup before she was a bartender. That was just another thing on the side. So I don't want people to think that AOC mm. was just this working class girl. Uh, no, she went to Boston University. You guys, I worked at BU. I know the type of people that they bring in to go to BU. And I know what mm. happens when they graduate from BU. So I just want to say that I don't want you to think that she was just some bartender because that was not the case. And yep. the other thing and I want to mention, too, she told me herself that she co-owned that bar. We just talked about that last night. I know that we couldn't find information on it, but she told me I co you know, I'm uh, partially own this bar. And Corbin Trent, the person who was working for Justice Democrats when I was taking her bio down, he told her, he said, don't mention that. Call yourself a bartender. So from the very mm. She was she was doing this stuff. Sorry, Sabby, go ahead. Oh, no worries. I was just going to say that, like, um, yeah, you know, sometimes it's okay. Like, we got duped. What I what what kind of breaks my heart, Tim, is to hear you say that you lost friends over AOC. And that's when it tells me that there is it really is a cult personality. And that is is heartbreaking Mm -hmm. because. People who are your friends, I'm sure they were your friends before AOC was, you know, running or whatever. And I I just think that this is what it has come to, to the point where people are ending friendships because they have developed this cult personality over one persona who, quite frankly, I want to be real with all of you, AOC's mom said so herself that her daughter always wanted to be a politician and that she wanted to be president one day. So what does that tell Mm -hmm. you? Like people, it's gotten to the point where people are ending friendships with people over a cult mm-hmm. personality that most of them have never fucking met. This is really sad. Right. And I was so propagandized by, you know, the the media then where I've heard these stories about AOC, that she was this and that, and even the thing that she might be CIA or something like that. And I just, you know, was so propagandized that it was immediately dismissed it as, oh, that's right-wing bullshit because she's a Latina woman, you know? Because I was so propagandized by that shit. But, you know, you know as, as you, she reveals herself more, it makes me reflect back on these things and then re-examine them. And then I'm gonna be like, holy shit, like, they weren't fucking around. Like, it's almost like, you know, like Alex Jones, when he was saying shit about they have their, their child trafficking and yada, 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 and everybody dismissed it. And it's like, holy shit, he's telling the truth, though. Look at Epstein. Look at what's going on. And it's like, I'm not to say, like, you know, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there might be gay frogs. Who knows? I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, but, but it's like, we, we, we're so, we're so propagandized as a society that we are, we're trained to immediately dismiss shit when it doesn't sound right to us. You know, when it goes against the narrative, we're immediately taught just to go like, oh, bullshit, it's, 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 it's the other side and they're evil and they're bad or whatever. And I think when, when we start to have more of these, more of this infighting, it starts to reveal that monster more. And people are, I think it's awakening more of, of our society to bullshit. It, I think it helps to, 
I, I think the, the plus that Jimmy Dore brings to our society is he helps us to hone our bullshit detector. If that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, I can see that as well. I can see that as well. It's like you really have to, you know, it's really interesting to me too. I think when we talk about like who is criticized and why they're criticized, right? Like the same people who praise AOC will criticize me. But keep in mind, like we're, we're both women of color. Let's just keep this mm-hmm. in mind. They'll criticize me and they'll say, oh, well, uh, Sabby, uh, you're not black because you have a white husband. Okay. But those same people don't say anything about AOC having a white fiance. Right. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, this is the problem with the cult personality is like they're willing to look beyond all of that when it comes to the politicians that are propped up because people have started idolizing these people. And I'm trying to tell you guys from experience, I saw a lot of people do this with Bernie Sanders and they thought Bernie could do no wrong. And they started Mm -hmm. idolizing him. You never idolize the person. If anything, you idolize the policies, you idolize the positions, the movement, not the person. And I would say that was something different, I think, with the civil rights movement. It wasn't even so much of my grandparents told me about this. Yeah, people had a lot of admiration for MLK, but they also realized that there were other civil rights activists who were also on the ground fighting along with MLK. So it wasn't just all about him. Today, that's been flipped because we don't really have, mm-hmm. we, when have we had a movement in this country since the civil rights movement, like a real legit movement? We're just now having labor movements, but they're like separate places. It's not like a mass movement per se. Well, we had that, though, the uh, Wall Street one that Obama crushed immediately, but that could have done something. That's when we should have, that's when Obama should have been who he said he was on the campaign trail. You know, but. Mm. That's no, that's a good point. But you know what? He crashed that for a reason. Exactly. Because that actually was taken off. Like mainstream media was covering Occupy Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Like that, that was actually a, a good thing. And, and I, I look back on it and I realized Bernie Sanders basically took that same message and put it through a political campaign. And I think that was a mistake. Yeah. Bernie Sanders should have gotten out there with those same people for Occupy and been out there with the people on the outside. Same thing with AOC, same thing with Cori Bush, same thing with, you know, Cori Bush, watch, by the way, if you guys don't follow the Bank Sisters, uh, Bank Sisters on uh, YouTube, definitely follow them. They're a part of like my uh, monthly women's panel. They actually did a stream recently where they're doing a catch up and they tell everybody about what they saw at the March for Medicare for All for DC. And they mentioned something that happened last year at the marches that I did, I did not know about. I knew Cori Bush was there and she didn't want to take questions, but they mm-hmm. mentioned in their stream that when Cori Bush showed up last year, she told them that they did not approve of what we were doing. They who? The establishment? The, the- the Sam, squad. I can elaborate on that because I was Go ahead. there. I was there. Yeah, I think that they may have gotten a little bit of that from me and then a little bit of that from some Savage Joy. So what happened is Paula Jean was speaking there and her and I were messaging Corey Bush and Nina Turner. And we mm-hmm. were like, we're going to Medicare for all R- rally. You guys should come, you know, just trying to pressure them, even though we were like kind of we were aggravated with them at the time for not showing up. 
you know, right. we were comparing like pictures of our, when we were getting there. And so when Corey showed up, I saw her looking around because she, I think she was honestly looking for me and Paula. And then when she saw us, she cried and she said, I'm the same person. I'm still me. She literally said that. And then I swear to God, it wasn't 30 minutes later, she refused to sign the petition. And then she said that the rest of the squad, you know, wasn't going, didn't support these rallies, you know, didn't support the rallies because, you know, they're looking for legislative answers. And it's like, what the hell does that mean? Why mm. would support the organizers? We are pushing for legislative answers. Like that was some bullshit answer. And then I saw her handlers come in and when she was getting like questioned by force the vote people, which rightfully right. She should have been questioned. She grabbed my arm because I used to be a press person for five years. And I could tell she was like fighting with her activism, Corey, and with these handlers that were feeding her stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, at that moment, I lost a friend. I lost a colleague. I lost someone I believed in. And we lost someone who could be a great ally because she, I watched mm -hmm. her in real time. You know what I mean? But saying yeah. that. Saying that about the squad and then refusing to sign the petition when Cherie, Cherie Snugs, one of the organizers, asked her, Paula Jean and I were like, you know, yeah, you showed up, you came, we asked you to, you came, you said you're still who you are, but then why aren't you supporting these organizers when you were an activist for 15 years? Right. That's right. And I just want to add that it didn't just come from one person, by the way, multiple people who were there at that DC march told me the same thing multiple people in fact one person uh kobe uh, i think he's a part of indie news network he actually tried to interview uh cory bush and she had an attitude mm -hmm. and it just, i think like, i've seen the footage yeah. yeah i think i've like, seen that footage i think i've seen it on jimmy Dore. <laughs> yeah him and franco she was like giving attitude to both of them mm-hmm yeah i mean I, that, I think that right there was for my first like you know, moment where I started to reflect back on, on, on Corey. And then when, um, the, uh, when they did that whole, um, sleeping on the, on the steps of the Capitol or whatever, the, the whole, that whole little show they did, like after that, when, when the, the person in the crowd was asking them, what about the, the other 10% that's not going to be covered by this. What are you doing for them? And they said, oh, play the music. And it's like, yeah. oh, that's what that's what you're doing now. You're just going to try to sidestep things. You're, you're now just running cover for something. And you it just it's so revealing. By the way, there are audio um, and shout out to Oz for this because he helped me with this. There's audio equipment to edit out music. So nice try. Uh, but <laughs> it's just, <laughs> right? you know, it's, 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 it's so fake. Oh, I didn't even know that that would be the reason why they tried to play the music so that so you can't yeah. copyright these yep, bitches. Because copyright. Because copyright. They evil the on a whole nother level. And here's the thing. Even if they do play the music and you can't edit the music out, then you can still, like, depending on how long the music is, you can still post the video on YouTube and just not monetize the video. Ah. So it's just like, you know, it just is, it's, it's, it's disgusting. But that's their capitalist mind thinking. Exactly. Like, and people come to me and they say, well, Cori Bush uh, was homeless at one point and she went through all these things. And I totally sympathize with that and understand that. I know what it's mm -hmm. like to struggle. I get that. Right? 
the point is she's not struggling any damn more. Mm-hmm. And she's, and she's making sure she ain't going to no more. Exactly. Yeah, right. Oh, and by the way, I just wanted to say great show tonight. I felt like I was at church when he was talking about Bernie and doing all that. And then, come on, let's take a look. I felt like I was like looking through a Bible, but, (laughs) um, and then, um, the part when you started to cover about Nina and you started bringing that fire, I kind of felt like I was being scolded, like, you know, after church when by my mama, when she was like, why'd you act up in church? So it was, it was good. I totally feel you. I totally hear you. Uh, thank you so much for calling in, Tim. I'm going to go to Ahmed, and I'm going to finish up with Thomas for tonight. Thank you. All right, Ahmed, you're on the mic. I know you've been waiting a while. What's up? You just got to unmute. Hey, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I'll keep it brief. I know you've been going on for a while. And uh, what's up, Zainab? How you doing? Um, so basically... I was I, I was listening to the, the conversation and I you know, points were made and uh before I say my opinion I'll just say I'll preface my preface with I am no fan of Nina Turner and I am no fan of Jimmy Dore, okay? Um I don't think she does anything. I don't think any of the politicians are gonna do anything and I don't think he's gonna do anything because I don't think the podcasters are the leaders of the revolution either. I think the people are the ones that need to organize and it's it's going to it has to be a grassroots or, organizing and that that's that doesn't happen from one podcaster. I mean like think about it. Like even even the biggest podcaster in the world Joe Rogan his his uh, platform's not 300 million uh, people and that's the population of America's 330 million. We need people to wake up and actually see that n- none of this is actually working for them. And no politician, no no media pundit. It's not. It, no one really cares about the working class people. If you really think about it, it's it's up to the people to rise up because, I mean. No one else is going to rise up for us. I don't know. That sounded pessimistic, but I'm also kind of high right now. So I'll leave it at that. Um, Sorry if uh, that was too depressing. No, it's okay, Ahmed. I appreciate you letting us know, you know, you smoked a little bit. But um, I hear where you're coming from as well. Um, I will say you mentioned Joe Rogan. Granted, he doesn't. His podcast isn't the same population as people in the United States. I will say he has like millions of people listening to him, right? So imagine if Joe Rogan brought on activists like on his podcast, you know, like imagine if he brought on people like Rome, Afini, like those of us at RBN, like imagine if he brought on like just like groups, like week after week, a different activist, right? Imagine how that could take off. And I say this because conservatives and uh, uh, Democrats, both of them listen to Joe Rogan. So Joe Rogan is not just talking to one specific party. Celebrities listen to Joe Rogan. Every, a lot of people listen to him, right? So it's just 
Imagine how that could take off. Imagine if Joe Rogan brought on Rome to talk about tour for the poor. Do you know how that could really elevate that to another level? Right? So I think it would be great. And, and Joe Rogan, nine times out of 10, has no idea who we are. But I'm just saying, like, if he did, imagine what that could do. So I would like to see like more activists coming on like shows like Joe Rogan. And I'm going to not really go into uh, mainstream media because they would never bring us on there to talk about these things. Right. Because it goes against the narrative. But someone like Joe Rogan and I will also add in Russell Brand. Russell Brand also. He's for a lot of these same things, you guys. Like, I know I, I mention him every now and then, like on my show, I do a story about Russell Brand, things that he talks about on his show. He's for a lot of the same policies that we are. And I, I know he's a celebrity, but you got to keep in mind, millions of people are watching Russell Brand. Imagine if he brought on activists on his platform and this message could really take off. So this is the thing about the platforming and being on these larger shows that have audiences where they have millions of followers because then you get the message out to more people um and i think that is going to be key and i will continue i mean like i'm i'm like a nobody like pretty much in the space but i will continue trying to reach out to people like joe rogan and people like russell brand and imagine if joe rogan brought on people to talk about activism for julian assange do you know how that would take off like this, these are things, these things need to be talked about and they need to be heard by more people. So I would really like for him to do that. The problem is, I think that I don't think Joe Rogan knows who, who most of th these people are. Like he's brought on Kyle, he's brought on Crystal and Sager, he's brought on Jimmy Dore. But other than that, the rest of us, I don't think Joe Rogan knows who we are, but I think, you know, that's something we have to work on. Like, again, like, I've had criticism of Joe Rogan. Like, I don't agree with all of his takes and stuff like that, but he doesn't seem like the type of person that's going to be like, you disagreed with me, so I'm not going to talk to you. He doesn't seem to be that way. I think the problem is because he has such a large platform, he's in great demand, right? So he probably gets requests every freaking day. Let this person come on, let this person come on and that kind of thing. And at the same time, he also has to think about, okay, do I know this person? Can I talk to them about these issues? So I think that those things are all really important, but I would really like to see a lot of these people that have these larger platforms bring activists on and not just after they've accomplished something. I saw a lot of people bring on Chris Smalls for the first time after he won, but where were all those people when he was fighting along the way? Like I had Chris Smalls on last year. I think at that point I only had 2000 subs and he came on. And some of these people that have been bringing him on, like, hello, TYT just brought him on recently. Hassan Piker just brought him on recently. Where were all of you before he won when he was fighting the fight? So I think this is the thing. Don't just bring people on after they've won, after they've accomplished their goal. Bring people on when they're fighting along the way. And I'd say the same thing for a group like Whole Washington, who a lot of us in this space, we've had them on, but some people have not. And and I think that's disappointing. Like, no, you don't get to just ignore people when they're fighting along the way and you only decide to bring them on after they've won. That's not how activism works. 
And I would like to see more of these commentators actually learn about how activism works. And I think that would make a big difference. Um, but anything else, um, Ahmed? Oh, no, thank you. No, I, I mean, honestly, you're spinning facts. So, like, I, I, I don't disagree with what you said. So, I mean, I appreciate your feedback. And uh, I'll just uh, I'll just move on now, let you guys uh, carry on. Awesome. Thanks so much. All right, Thomas, you're the last caller. Let's wrap this thing up, son. Just have to hit unmute. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, it used to come up with like a pop-up saying unmute yourself. You're the next caller. But for some reason, yeah, Colin being Colin, you know. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, thanks for having me up to uh, to speak, uh, Sabby. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, uh, you know, I've, uh, you know, I've, I've watched Jimmy for a long time. You know, uh, I'm in Ohio. So, you know, obviously, you know, it's, you got, if you're Ohio and you, you know, uh, supporting Nina's, you know, one of those things, but, you know, I just, uh, and I'm actually originally from Cleveland, so <laughs> that plays into it too. But, um, you know, I'm disappointed in them both for this. It's, it's, uh, as others have said, it's, it's a bit childish. Um, one thing, um, I don't know, did you happen to see, uh, Nina's? So, so, so Nina posted her original tweet on the 8th. Okay. And Jimmy responded on the 10th. Did you happen to see her, her follow-up tweet to her initial tweet that was posted on the 9th? I think so. I mean, I shared them all on my show tonight. I mean, there were a okay. lot of tweets from Nina. Yeah. Well, well so, so, so yeah, I, I, but I think some of the people commenting in the chat, I think some of the people listening in don't, don't necessarily, um, they didn't necessarily see it, but Nina originally, you know, was pointing out pretty much that, you know, that there's, um, the, the left, you know, the, the, the thin blue line, I mean, not the left, but the thin blue line Republicans, you know, are all of a sudden going to start calling for, you know, defund the police. And, and, you know, she was, I think, taking jabs at that. Then on the ninth, she followed up mentioning all the instances, which the FBI raided, um, black organizers, such as the Panthers, um, Malcolm X, uh, and uh, MLK, and uh, then Jimmy on the 10th responded with, you know, why are you defending the FBI? And I think that might be why, like, that kind of set her off a little bit because, you know, she was just like, well, the day before I just criticized the the <laughs> the, uh, the FBI, you know, pointing out, you know, their, their history um, with black activists and... Uh, you know, and, and I think that might've been what kind of set her spinning a bit. Except, I will say this though, Thomas, that was not the tweet he responded to. He responded to the tweet that said, my prediction of the fallout of the FBI rating Mar-a-Lago is that we're probably going to see a bunch of MAGA Republicans. That was the tweet yeah. he responded to. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but, but I agree. I agree. But, but the point though is, is, I mean, she obviously was she, you know, yeah, she said that she pointed out that, you know, the, 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 <laughs> you, you were going to, you were going to see right wingers, you know, coming out of the woodwork calling for defund the police that usually are. And, and then he responded with, why are you defending the FBI? And the, in between those two tweets, she posted a tweet being critical. That's critical of the FBI. 
So Jimmy, I, I think he obviously missed that. Um, and I think that's kind of what set the whole, the whole thing going a little bit. Um, and, you know, too, I think also it's a little, it's a little weird, you know, sometimes when somebody screen cap retweets and doesn't actually like re, you know, quote tweet somebody, because then that person isn't notified that they got, you know, that somebody, you know, quote tweeted them. Um, that's kind of like, uh, I would say a bit, uh, um, you know, not, 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 not polite on Twitter. But um, he had to, but I, I will jump in to say this just FYI. Remember, Nina Turner blocked him. Oh, did he? Uh, did she? Okay. Yes. Okay. Sorry, 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 she, sorry. She, I didn't, I didn't realize yeah. that. She blocked okay. him. Okay. And I only know that because I was actually on his show after that happened. She blocked him. That's why he has a screenshot. So someone probably sent him that tweet and he took a screenshot of it. So you can't retweet someone if they blocked you. Okay. Fair, 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 fair. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I didn't realize I, I had forgotten that that had happened. She blocked Jimmy Dore. I mean, I still follow Jimmy Dore and he still follows me with everything that's gone down with me. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I, I, I think this might not have been the first time they've, they've, they've crossed horns with each other. No, she, he, um, he blocked her after, well, she blocked him after he said goodbye, somebody. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. It was kind of funny. It was after she lost. I'm sorry. It was kind of funny. So, uh, so, but yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, and, and again, this isn't to defend her response because her response was, you know, I, I thought that I'm disappointed in her response at the end of the rainbow, but I think, you know, I think there's some initial miscommunication going on there. And I think, you know, I, I think, yeah, I mean, she obviously was, you know, peddling the typical Democrat line a little bit on that. Jimmy, I think, you know, foot mouthed a little bit and then she really foot mouthed. And so, but I'm just saying though, I, I, I can see, you know, the fact, the fact that she did bring up some of the FBI's history uh, of, you know, questionable activities uh, and Jimmy then basically said, why are you defending them when she, you know, did that the day before? I, I think, you know, that, that obviously kind of probably, uh, burned her ass a little bit. So I, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just mentioning that too, but I will, I will, yeah, I can see that too, but I will add this. I will go ahead and say that I'm sorry, but none of that had anything to do with Jimmy Dore being anti-black. That's I the agree. thing. I agree. And I, agree. And I think, I think that was a position that she's probably held since Jimmy started criticizing her. And then it's just like, okay, I'm just going to unleash everything now, how I really feel about him. And I didn't think that was fair. And again, it's really disappointing to me to see people who, at one point in time, had each other's like contact information, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Why uh, is well, this well, taking well, place? Hey, Sammy, I've taking... been on I I've been on Zoom calls with both of them together on it. <laughs> and myself. Right, so, so that's like wh why is this yeah. taking place over Twitter? I'm so confused. Like I, I don't know. Guys, like those of you in because, the chat, maybe like, because please both help of me. them 
both of them love having these spats over Twitter. I mean, I've seen her, you know, get into pissing contests on Twitter before. I've seen Jimmy get into pissing contests on Twitter before. They but both, with your friends? I, I agree that, you know, you would think, but I, you know, I, I'm surprised and not surprised at the same time, you know? This place is weird. Like, I just don't, yeah. I don't get it. Like I said earlier, like, imagine me having a disagreement with Nick and me and Nick from RBN, we're both RBN members, us like chewing each other out on Twitter instead of me just texting Nick saying, Hey, let's talk. That doesn't make any sense. So, so anyways, though, I, I think, you know, she probably could have, as others have mentioned in chat, she could have referenced her earlier tweet from the ninth in her response to Jimmy. Um, you know, what she said was disingenuous. I think Jimmy, you know, probably, I, you know, I, it probably wasn't a good idea what he posted either. I'm disappointed in both of them, but I do think the racist comment was mm, a bit farther over the line than what anything Jimmy did initially. Yeah. I kind of feel the same way. I'm just like, Oh no, man. It made me feel some kind of way. It's really like, I'm there. Like, I don't even understand why we're spending so much time on, on them having this pissing contest, honestly. It's embarrassing, man. I sincerely said to myself, like, I hope my parents don't see this. Because my parents, like, you know, it took me time to move them over to the left. And I, I sincerely hope they don't see this. You know, they don't see that, like, this exchange that they've had. Because I can see my parents being like, Sabrina, what is happening? What is going on? That would be my mom. Like, what is happening? I don't understand. And I'd just be like, oh, my God. Like, Mom, I can't explain it. This is embarrassing. And I'd be like, I know, Mom. Like, like those kind of it things. Is. Like It's like the time, the years I've spent, like, trying to move people over to the left. I'm kind of, I'm, like, embarrassed. Like, it's just, I see what There's they've so been much saying. Infighting. Wrong. Exactly. There's just, there's just so much infighting. And, and, and we have people that are starving, people that are going, you know, being kicked out of their homes. We have people that are, you know, um, you know, can't find work. We have people that are, you know, um, that are just struggling, you know, day to day to day to day to day. And, and we're having, you know, ego pissing contests, ideological pissing contests, um, you know, you know, I'm the, I'm the more, you know, it's it just, we're having so many freaking pissing contests on the left when we could be working and doing direct action and getting out there, like, you know, doing mutual aid, organizing our communities, talking to people, you know, getting things actually going and building a movement. And we're just having all these pissing contests. And it's just, it's so... It's it, a it distraction. Just, it just aggravates me. Stretch. It just pisses me off. <laughs> These pissing contests are pissing me off. <laughs> I agree. Say. I agree. Okay. I think we got, oh boy. Okay. I ended up with two more callers. All right, Thomas, I'm gonna let you go. All right, guys, for realsies. Um, I have two more callers, Vin and So-So. So I'm going to take Vin and I'm going to take So-So and then I got to roll out. All right, Vin, you're on the mic. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, this whole episode is just, 
sorry, not this episode, but this Jimmy Dore, Nina Turner thing. It's just so emblematic of how just pathetic the left is in in America. It's like somebody hurts your feelings and then we go for the nuclear racist bomb. It's like, come on, man. This is just so... I don't even know. Is she better than that? Like, I I, I want to say she's better than that, but is she? I, I don't even know at this point. It's just... It's just so pathetic. It's just constant leftist infighting. And, um, it's really hard when you... Like you said, you, you're talking about trying to bring people left in. Um, it's one of the reasons I, I don't even like to call myself left because I'm just so embarrassed by a lot of these people. And I just... I, I like to just call myself a political observer and that kind of stuff. Because I, I do have, like, some uh, takes that may be more conservative with very specific things. But overall, it's like, I'm just like, oh, my God. I can't believe I used to do things that were considered organizing. It's just, it's just sad. And meanwhile, I guess the, the, we're busy where people are busy with uh, infighting and then also calling, I guess, cry, uh, whining about the Republicans being fascists, and which I never really understood. I just want to bring that up as a point. Um, you can call them fascists, sure, but to me, I, I mean, there's only one party that's using uh, using uh, uh, the corporations to uh establish authoritarian medical policies there's only uh one party that's using um corporations and media to control the flow of information and online speech so i'm like who's the real fascists i mean yeah the republicans okay they got certain fascistic tendencies but they're not really they're not really that powerful and and the reason I just want to finish this point by saying it kind of hit me when I was to the NATO conference and I was really taken aback by watching that conference and how all all of NATO would looked like they were cosplaying for kind of neoliberal democratic politics big D democratic politics it was it was like you had like defense ministers like, oh, we have our first two women defense ministers who are hosting this panel and diversity and all this kind of stuff. And it was NATO. And I was like, I was like, wow, the Republicans are kind of pathetic and the Democrats have a lot of power and people are not really talking about how fascist, how fascist and authoritarian they're, they're becoming. It's kind of interesting. actually. But anyways, that's my rant. I don't know what you guys think. Thank you so much for that, Vin. Yeah, I think you have very good points. I mean, it's just, it's really sad. Like I just said, like, you know, I I said earlier on my show tonight, like, we're not getting anywhere. We're not accomplishing anything. And I'm continuing to see people like suffer and struggle. And don't even let me bring up student loan debt. I mean, that's going to be another topic. Obviously, this is the last month, right? So I think that People are still struggling and suffering, and I'm sorry, but people like Nina Turner, she's going to be okay. She, Like she said, when she lost, what did she say? We're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. Yeah, she will be all right. Some of us won't. So I think yep. 
it just it I'm sorry. I'm so done with this. I'm so tired of this two party system. I'm done. I'm I'm fed up. I'm angered. And I don't care who comes about. I don't care who they are. If they're running in the two party system, we need to like say no to them. Period. They are not going to help us. Once they get into that system, they are going to be controlled. This is and I think that's point. something that people really need to understand. That is a great point because, uh, and sorry, Zane, uh, I'll just make Oh, no, it's point. okay, um, the, the, the idea that we're going to have like two or three, you're going to have two or three Congress people get elected or ascended or get elected and really do anything in terms of changing the party within is kind of kind of crazy. I mean, this is the American empire we're talking about. You're not you're not going to change the system. The system is going to change you. I, yes, I, I understand it's kind of fatalistic, but I really think in terms of change, you know, you got to handle things. People got to pay attention more to local politics. And also um, we have, there's a bit more control and our input or impact that you can possibly have or an individual can possibly have, but also, um, I, I, I respect, like, I, you know, I don't, I don't watch Jimmy too much, but I do respect the fact that he's, his, his whole ethos is basically trying to destroy the Democratic Party, just rhetorically. And I do respect that because, you know, it's, it's, it's hopeless, the Democratic Party, it's just hopeless. Like, I, it's, you're right, I totally agree with that. I was going to mention exactly in line with what you're talking about ben did you guys see in savvy you probably said saw this you may have mentioned it on one of one of your shows i try to catch most of them but i may have missed one where you mentioned this did you guys see nancy pelosi in endorsed ilhan omar and then ilhan omar came out and she's like look at all these great things that i accomplished with with nancy pelosi like um <laughs> cutting back on like police reform and um, extending Medicaid and like just a bunch of garbage incrementalist nonsense. And that's all we're going to get with these people or just a bunch of, and that's why I'm, I'm with you, Savvy. I'm sad about the, the arguing and the canceling of each other and the not listening. Cause God, we got to organize because people are hurting bad. I mean, I'm about to be evicted from my place. But I'm not the only one. There's th thousands and thousands of us that are right there on like, that are people that are either already homeless, about to be, we can't buy our groceries. We can't get gas to get to work. If you have to drive there, you can't, we can't survive anymore. It's, it's too much to deal with the Twitter drama. Nope. Nope. The guy that came on my show tonight, he's facing eviction. Like I, this is what I've been trying to tell people and you guys will see that housing story come out on, uh, Saturday actually, where I went to talk to people at Grant Manor housing project here in Boston. The city is, and it's not just Boston. So I'll say the cities, the cities are purposely allowing these buildings to fall apart so that the people will be forced out. And they can take those buildings, demolish them, and build up luxury apartment complexes and condos. This has been going on for years. And what I want people to understand is that just because Joe Biden gets on television and tells you that they've created all these jobs, that doesn't mean shit if people are still being kicked out of their homes. 
And I want more people to talk about this, yeah. more people besides status quo, more people besides RBN. I want more people who have the resources to get out there on the road and stop being fucking lazy and go talk to those people. It is a problem. I'm sorry, but people need to get out of their fucking comfort zones. Yeah, is it easy for me to just sit in my house and do live streams in 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 what is supposed to be an office, but I don't know what it is now, in, in, that, in that room where you guys see those brown blinds? Yeah, it's easy for me to do that. It's not easy for me to get in my car and drive to all these different neighborhoods and get these stories. But is it about what's easy and what makes people comfortable? Or is it about like getting like this information out to as many people as possible? People need to see that no, just because Joe Biden has created all these jobs, that doesn't mean that people still aren't struggling financially and people still aren't dealing with the housing situation and people are still being evicted from affordable housing communities. So this is a problem. And I do applaud, like Jordan and I obviously have disagreements, but I do applaud Jordan Sheraton for being one of those people to cover these stories. People need to know about it. And I think, and I'm going to say this to all of you listening, whether you like him or not, people need to know about these stories, period. And sometimes you have to put your disagreements with people aside if it means that somebody out there is covering these stories. And I, I want to go ahead and, and thank you so much for calling in, Ben. Um, so, so I'm going to pick you thank up. You. You're going to be the last uh, caller here. And then I got to head out. Just got to unmute. So, so. No, hey, you know what? <clears throat> can you hear me? I can definitely hear you. All right. So um, <laughs> I just want to say this. It feels good hearing you speak. I ain't going for days about like a lot of shit, but um, yeah. Um, what she was like, pretty much just like picking up on it's like, bro, like get up or like get up in so many words. So your biggest critic is yourself. I'm sorry, not yourself, but your big, your biggest critic is your family. But um, I definitely like want to hear what like Sabrina got to say, and I'm trying to be confident enough to speak. Oh no worries, so so. Um, I will say, you know, thank you so much for that. Um, I mean, man, I've 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 dealt with this. I've lived this struggle. I know what it's like to work two jobs, and that's just to pay the bills. Like, I, I know what that's like. I've been through it. Like, the guy that came on tonight, Jay, when he was talking about everything that he went through working for a restaurant and how they did him dirty, <laughs> none of that was new to me. I've yeah. seen this stuff happen multiple times before. And some of you in the chat, you may have seen these things happen too. But the thing is, is this. This gentleman lost his SNAP benefits because he took that job and then they de they demoted him. And there was obviously age discrimination going on there. I've seen this happen multiple times before too. And I will say this, is that this is the problem when we're all just focused on left versus right and we're not focused on the class issue. Can, can, I, can I say something? About to say, Go ahead. I'm sorry, uh, can I be disrespectful? Go ahead. 
it's something about you, Sabrina, that is always going to, like, pick a man up and just know that. If that made any kind of sense to you. What do you mean by when you say pick a man up? What do you mean? So, okay. So what I'm pretty much saying is something about you that's always going to pick a man up. So if that don't make any kind of sense at all or whatever, the only thing that I'm saying is like, she sounds, Sabrina sounds just like your thoughts. So, um, I can go on for days about whatever it is. That's what's going on. I can complain about a lot. I'm always sitting down, being up in my head about a lot. So, um, yeah, so I don't know. How can I make you a better person? How can I fight? All I ask so-so is that you spread this message to like your friends and your family members, as many people as possible. Um, if you can start mutual aid in your community, that would help too. Um, but we got to spread the message to as many people as possible. Like, I don't know, like, uh, I, I think growing up, I always wanted to help people. And my, actually my, my school uh, guidance counselor, who's trying to help us figure out career paths. She was like, you like to help people you should be a doctor. And I was like, I don't know. I don't like needles. I don't like blood. So that was a no. Uh, yeah. And she was like, well, well, you can go into education. And I was like, I could do that. That could help like help people. And I was like, but I want to get messages out to the masses. So I majored in broadcast journalism and that water? helps me a lot. Can I, can, can I drink some water? Go ahead. All right. Right now, I'm, I'm finna drink some water right now. But something that's special about you, Sabrina, that is your name, correct? Yep. Anytime when a man feel like, you know what, I need to sit up, because every time when she speak, I need to listen. The same thing with your neighbor, which is, go. what's her name, like Z? Uh, Zineb? Yeah, yeah. So it's like every time when a man got to sit up, that's when a man like man's up. So Sabrina, um continue to like speak your peace and stop giving a fuck about what people say because you give me a reason to stand up and be a man. You give me a reason to stand up and look up to you with so many words. Not oh, even thank you so much for that. For sure, for sure, for sure. And if anybody is complaining about that. Figure it out. That's the reason why we being political. We, we are trying to figure it out. You got it. You, you got to zoom. I was just going to say, Sabby's done, and she did an awesome show earlier with Nick where they talked about the music industry. Go check that out. And then she, she did another live stream about our topic we were talking about now. A lot of you guys probably joined from that. And now it's 1.30 in the morning and she's on with us. Just wanted to say thank you for, for lasting with us and give a, giving us a platform, Sab. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks so much. Yeah, I'm about to hop off of here. Um, I'm surprised. Is this many people live with me at this time? I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, do you guys have to work in the morning? But, um, but yeah, like, thank you guys all so much for hanging in with me. And so, so thank you so much for your comments as well. 
I try to do the best that I can. I really do want change in this country. And for people who say, well, just move to another country, that doesn't really fix the problem with this country. So I think that we got to keep fighting. I give like shout outs to Case Study QB. Again, he's always like in the fight and helping people. Shout out to Roger Meadows for always educating me more about ballot initiatives and more about worker co-ops. And I think we really need to head in that direction. Um, Unions are good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying be anti-union, but worker co-ops should be the ultimate goal. UPS is always hiring. Um, I don't mean to cut you off, ma'am. I'm going to say ma'am because you run in this household. So uh, should I go live? Should you go live with yeah. what? I mean, like with anything, because like, like I said, I can I can go on for days just speaking about whatever it is that I'm going through. I'm yeah, do it. do it. So, so, I mean, I don't know if you're on Twitter, but those Twitter spaces are popping off. <laughs> so a lot of people are tuning into Twitter spaces if that's what you want to do. But you can go live on Facebook. You can go live on Instagram, too, I think. Although I suck at Instagram. But I suck, um, I suck at Instagram too. I don't even have a Twitter. But you can go live on TikTok too. My sister oh. told me about that. So, yeah, like definitely, like just go live and like just tell people, like, look, this is what's up. This is what's happening. We need more people to do this. You know, you guys. Like, I don't want you guys to feel like it just has to be us. I'm not territorial. I'm. I don't have an ego, and I'm all about uplifting people. So if you guys like feel like you have a voice and you want to reach people, especially in your community. I think that's where we really need to start locally. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and do go. it. There you go. There you go. The moment, the moment when you when you start getting like vocal up in your community, that's like the moment when you have a voice. And I don't even want to be disrespectful or anything like that. But I ask you. Awesome. So, so thank you so much, Zineb. So thanks so much for joining me for tonight. Um, I don't know what time you have to get up, Zineb, but I'm finna go live. You feel me? I'm finna go live. So shout out, shout out to all the ladies and shout out to the gentlemen that then came up in here. Well, so so you're going live on what? What platform? Let people know. This platform. Call oh, okay. Sorry. Call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it's, it's almost like it cannot be your stepfather. You feel me? So yeah, I'm finna, I'm finna get ready to like, yeah, I'm finna go live. I'm finna go live. So speak about whatever it is that you want to speak about. Awesome. All right, guys, join Soso. He's going live on call in. Sabby's actually going to head out, but um, I'll be back tomorrow night. I'll be live tomorrow night. Thank you guys all so much for tuning in and make have sure a good y'all night. follow Sabrina too, for real. And get them likes and everything like that. Get them likes. Make sure that you guys follow her too. Super. Thanks so much.